Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 367. I've got a fun guest for you tonight, one I've got tons of respect for, and I'm very looking forward to this conversation. Midnight Roots, Jake of Midnight Roots, of one of his handles, Midnight Roots Genetics as well, if I'm correct, uh, but Please tell us how you're doing and where all we can find you, please, the good sir. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Um, again, I like your show. Um, yeah, Midnight Roots is my uh, my brand. I do Midnight Roots Genetics out of there, my genetics line. Um, you can now find on multiple genetic sites. Uh, I do MidnightRoots.com. There's links to all of them. I do my Midnight Bars, my chocolate bars. And uh, I do uh, music production under uh, the band Stone Owl. And uh, I think that's what you wanted to chat with today. I've been doing a lot of interesting stuff in my spare time with uh, music and plants. It's kind of where I've been lately. And uh, I think we can have a good talk about this. Sounds like you've been bullshitting about it without me knowing. Yeah, I've actually, I think I actually hit you on Instagram one time and was like, uh, we talked about you last night, something like that. <laughs> and uh, that's what we were talking about. Yes, the community is all ears, all ears lately when it comes to frequency and how the plants relate to each other and how they we relate with them. And we all know it's through something and it's got to be we we figured most people figure through frequency and then when i seen you on instagram doing what you're doing it my it it started all kind of come together and make sense uh so tell us a little bit about what you got going there because it is super fascinating uh what you got going well what i'm not doing is it's nothing new um it's, it was developed in the early 70s in Italy. Um, so I'm just kind of playing with it in my own way, uh, the way that I've came into it. Um, but basically it's known as uh, like bio data sonification is kind of the uh, scientific word of it. It's taking, um, it's basically taking uh, small detections in plants. Um, you can do this in anything, but what I'm using it is with plants. And uh, they take data given off by the resistance and impedance um, given off by, I mean, I'm doing a plants I've seen people do with crystals, mushrooms. I mean, you can hold it yourself. Um, anything that is going to uh, connect a circuit and give you uh, resistance or change in the resistance um, so that you can uh, convert that resistance change into a control signal that I modify by connecting to a synthesizer. Um, and that's usually the easiest ways to control that signal out is to just get a synthesized sound, sine wave, saw, square wave, and uh, modify that. I've seen a lot of the, uh, um, the technology that I'm using is called, what I use is a, let's show you, it's called a, a they call it now a, a plant wave but it's a MIDI sprout when I bought it and they kind of discontinued that and now did a different version of it. But this older version right here, oops, I dropped it. Down. This older version right here just basically has just one MIDI out. And this MIDI out I send to my synth 
And then the other side, we've got uh, clips. Let me squeeze my camera. Clips that uh, we're going to connect to a plant, crystal, anything we can get resistance from. Um, so it's pretty simple. Uh, this sprout basically converts that to a MIDI signal. Um, and that's how I'm using it with sound. Um, it's kind of sim similar to a lie detector and how that determines uh, galvanic change and resistance. Um, are you familiar or have you guys talked about Clive Baxter at all? I can't say that we have uh, by name, to be honest with you. So. <laughs> he, he's a famous guy that was featured in uh, like what, what a plant knows and um, in the source field investigations um, book and a couple other stuff. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a uh, ex FBI CIA agent that um, decided one night that he was going to connect his lie detector, which is basically this, the same type of thing, because I can do this with, um, I mean, I can connect this to these pads, you know, that, that we could connect to you to get your galvanic response, like an, a lie detector. You can connect these to the leaves of a plant, connect these to almost anything that you're just gonna connect that circuit and find the resistance in. And so he decided he was just gonna connect his um, lie detector, EKG, uh, to uh, a rubber plant. He had a rubber plant in his house. And so he would do a lot of tests. He wrote a bunch of books on it. His name is Dr. Clive Baxter. And uh, he did a lot of really interesting stuff, a lot of very scientific stuff. I mean, this guy's an FBI agent or CIA. I can't remember FBI, CIA to me, whatever. <laughs> All the same dudes um, uh, hooked it up. And his, his stuff that he was doing um, revolved around trying to get that response, that spike that you see in a lie detector, that you spike you see in these giving that resistance and, uh, and uh, that impedance. And he was looking for that and seeing if he could get that response out of this plant. So some of the more famous ones that were tried to be replicated by a couple of Russian scientists, and I know that's the whole thing is replicating these studies for science, right? You gotta be able to re replicate them over and over again for it to make sense. Um, but the one he would do would be like, he would take krill, you know, krill, very small shrimp, right? That uh, whales eat. So he figured these are a really small life form that wouldn't have a, a large, um, I don't know what you would call it, a source field or a large aura or a large uh, vibration that it's going to give off. These are small krill, tiniest sea monkeys, like, right? And so he would take those and put those in a, in a little case or uh, above boiling water. And he would have it on a random uh, timer. And that timer would just go off and it would drop into the boiling water and all the krill would die. And he would look for a response out of the plant. And obviously he was looking for a connection between the plant and the living creatures in that room. And something as a whole bunch of them dying at one time would the other living creature being a plant uh, that ha would have some sort of vibrations inherent in it would it give off a response. And a lot, of, and, and it's very interesting if you look at his research, a lot of it, he did get responses from the plants a lot of the times and uh, was able to replicate these. I mean, this is all, you know, 
uh, a lot of people call pseudoscience, right? Because um, it's on that fringe edge. But uh, I have a, you know, I have a degree in philosophy. So I really like to explore um, the uh, existence of what, what one might consider a source field or a, a connective vibrational field that runs through all of us and connects us all, you know? Uh, so that we're not all just walking around uh, zombies or androids that are connected by nothing but an internet. <laughs> um, you know, there is something bigger, we hope. And so that's what these experiments are showing. Um, uh, but he's, he's a really interesting guy that you should check out. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> he's uh, done some interesting work. Thank you, uh, GR420 Community Videos. He's already thrown up a Wikipedia link for, uh, for him in chat there. Chat's, chat's holding it down. They've already dropped some links for you, dropped links for uh, live. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Up. I can't follow I can't up. see the chat at all. I have to log in to see the chat, don't I? Um, okay, let me see if I can't see it. But what, are, what are they saying? Um, I can't. Is there any questions about what I'm talking about, or is he putting links to uh, the Clyde Baxter stuff? So far, no questions. They're just following along. They're just dropping links for you and uh, Clyde. So, so there's a reference. So in this, um, so with this little thing we're talking about, the, the, this simple little response impedance um, detector that's just going to, like what I said, uh, the name they type we use for this is sonification or audification which is uh, you can do with anything. You know, I'm taking a plant's response and turning it into musical signals. I've seen people do things like take um, the stock market, random ups and downs and take that and turn that into a control signal and stuff. So, you know, this technique of taking um, random movements in nature or even not nature, like computer signals and stuff, and turning them into uh, computer signals. It's a fun, uh, it's a fun exploration. Now, the, the part I like about plants, obviously, I have a deep connection to the cannabis plant, and I have a deep connection to plants themselves, and I like to argue that they are living creatures themselves, and they respond to pain, they respond to stimuli. If you put a, a hot light too close to it, it will move away from it. It will respond to it. They respond to music. Um, there's a lot of uh, studies that I've done listening, uh, reading about how plants respond to music and uh, what music a plant actually would uh, like to hear. It's kind of interesting if you, if you do research those, um, those things. Uh, it's it's kind of funny too. <laughs> um, you know, they tend to prefer stuff like um, Chinese or Japanese folk music, you know, classical music, but not too crazy classical music, not Tchaikovsky type of stuff, you know, relaxing music, reggae music. And they tend to respond negatively to stuff like uh, heavy rock music and stuff, which is interesting. And I'm sure I don't know about that. Maybe it could be have to do something with the distortion. Um, I don't know what that could be. It's just interesting. I've got a couple of records that are uh, uh, music for plants that my, you know, my family gave me over the years and they're hilarious. They're like um, a big band music and then underneath it, it'll have another layer of uh, tones that they think the plant likes, you know, 492 or 432 and, you know, these different 
tones that they say it would respond to that maybe respond to different colors. They might respond to different frequencies, you know, C and the red, they all are the same color that has a red chakra, the lower frequency. And I'm sure that I don't know them off by name. I'm not going to act like I <laughs> know the certain frequencies of each color and everything like that off the hand. I could probably pull it up on my phone right here and go through it and uh, be better off it. But each color, um, each state has a different frequency. Um, and uh, it's fun to watch what plants give off. I mean, as you said, you watched a couple of my videos, right? And you've seen the one maybe where I did the bamboo versus the cannabis plant. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. How, and, and how the uh, cannabis plant was way more hyper in its control signal that I gave off. It was way faster. I, I almost clocked the tempo at, I'm going to say, about 125 or 126 beats per minute. Um, whereas every time I would hook it up to the bamboo plant, it would be around 95 beats per minute. It was a little slower. It was a little more relaxed and control. I always just found that funny. I, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stereotypes that go around with the cannabis plant and the bamboo plant that we could <laughs> say the bamboo is a little more chilled, <laughs> a little more zen like and stuff. But, uh, uh, I mean, that's just humor. <laughs> um, so do you think that, uh, you know, if you could actually, you know, play that back in a room, do you think that uh, it would actually make that plant go crazy as far as like growth? Or do you think if it hurt itself all day, it would like almost retard the growth? You know, I honestly think if, you know, you did, I honestly, that's where I think that it's, almost like to the sonic bloom type theory. You know what I mean? But, you know, sure. it just kind of repeat itself back to itself. And then I kind of wonder, is there, you know, have you found the correct voice? So like instrument, does it respond differently to when you turn on different, you know, instruments? Do you notice a, a different tempo as you, as you put it in the plant? Okay, so I haven't recorded playing instruments to the plant and recording its response to that i've tried cutting the plant i've tried damaging the plant and it's all, it has shown response almost every time i've done stuff like that even when i touch it i get responses off of it um I, i've been more trying to utilize the plant's responses and make music out of that so far right then play the music to the plant and see its responses but there is a lot of studies out there that do that have uh, studied that and how the plants respond to that. A good point about all of it that every time I've ever researched a study that does play music to plants so that if you decide, you know, you're going to go tonight and go turn on your boom box to your grow room. Um, every single research study that I've seen says that it's three hours on and three hours off <laughs> that the plant only likes about three hours of music. And then it, you need to have it off for three hours and then maybe have your, even your music on a timer where it doesn't just constantly play. And I get that. I mean, you play the same couple of songs to me for three hours over and over again. I'm going to want you to change the channel, <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, um, but I've seen a lot of studies in where it gets negative effects to the plant. If you play it in continuous motion, you have to kind of give it a break. That's what I always found, found funny. <laughs>
That is crazy. You would think that it would like some background music like all day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not just like I said, I've had enough. I'm, so it sounds like it's like maybe even like a morning thing. You know what I mean? I got up. I need my wake up music. All right. It's enough. It's time to get to work. You know? <laughs> You'd think so, right? Um, <clears throat> when I got into this, one of the first things I was trying was trying to find realistic applications of seeing people put, like you said, the sonic bloom, right? That's a, that's a product that was developed out of a frequency emission that they claimed would, you know, boost the plant's growth and uh, eliminate pests in the area and stabilize the vibrations in the air. You know, they claimed a lot of things. Um, and when I was doing research on that, I saw that in India, there were farmers that would put speakers out and they would play Indian sitar music, and they had better responses with that than pesticides. And uh, there was even a study that was trying to um, trying to claim trying to. <laughs> this is a pretty deep one to go, but they were trying to. Okay, so that they were saying that the pesticides caused by. The farmers, now these are on just regular crops. This isn't on just all cannabis. They're using it on regular crops and these are out large outdoor crops. And they were saying that the pesticides caused a, a, a killing of certain animals that all played in a certain frequency, like that would fill a certain gap in nature in that harmony. And so that when the farmers played music that would kind of match the harmony that the insects lost it would fill out this void and kind of like make an overall harmony and create a almost like adding micro or beneficial mites to kill mites, you know, kind of adding that natural vibration back into the, the, the ether and getting that harmony back in order that you took out. Now, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, that's a hard one to replicate and I have not found lots of studies in and I've tried to find more people that have used that and I can't find a lot on it. So if there's anybody in the world that goes out and finds these studies, they were, they were always super interesting to me, the Indian pesticide studies. Um, but uh, that was like what Sonic Bloom was doing too, using, using this, right? Let me see. I'm gonna pull up Sonic Bloom real quick. Do they still sell the Sonic Blooms? Have you seen anybody using those? You know, I think Twisted Roots messes around with that in Northern Michigan. He's a grower up in Northern Michigan. And he messes around with the frequency. He believes the frequency. He actually talks about uh, putting uh, magnets in his water, directed magnets. Okay, I've so seen that. Few other things that he's uh, what he's actually watering with the gemstones. He's actually kind of like a product he's kind of endorsing right now. The twenty-two gemstones. I've yeah, I've heard of that too. I mean, there's a lot of people that put those in their uh, you know their water bottles now. They sell water bottles with those in there. You know, um, I mean, crystals do give off a frequency. I mean, they are used in radios and they are used in uh, watches and they are the you know. I mean, there's a reason why they're in transistor radios. They receive and transmit frequencies. Um, it's a, it, it, so. Um, so with that kind of being said, I can't help but wonder if you can find, again, 
find the frequency of the plant and match it with the, the corresponding crystal. You know what I mean? Could you amplify it? You know what I mean? Help yeah, it now I've, supercharge I've seen, it? Yeah, that's even a good question because I've seen people hook these up to crystals, right? There's a guy called Mycological, I think his name is, and he was hooking them up to mushrooms, right? He would hook the um, them up and he has a whole thing where he t does the same type of thing. He hooks uh, mushrooms to synthesizers, his modular synthesizers, which is really cool because he grows mushrooms. Uh, but he also, his wife has a crystal store. And so they hooked him up to crystals and they were able to get resistance through the crystals, which I thought was super cool. I mean, that's a rock, you know, <laughs> you get resistance through a rock. Um, but it's not, it's not a rock, right? It's a, it's a mineral. All right, isn't it? It's classified as something else. So, <laughs> so do you uh, have you taken it and let it like go all day, like like a recording? Have you like hooked it up and just let it go all day to see, you know, when the plant's most active point is? You know what I sure. mean? Sure. When is she dancing the most? Yeah, for sure. And they react differently when they get in the sunlight. When the sunlight comes upon them. Uh, they get almost excited when it comes on it starts playing more and when it leaves too we've noticed weird weird changes like that now um, so the the technology that I got there's another one I can't say music with plants or something and they're all basically the same thing but they all the new ones like I said this one they got rid of and they, the new one has like a bluetooth connectivity to your phone so instead of connecting it to a synth like I do where you have to have you know, crazy Moog or crazy whatever uh, synthesizer. Um, uh, you you can connect it to your phone and your and they give you like I don't know ten different sounds that some of them are evolving and some of them are atmospheric and most of them are just like a day an easy sound that the the, the plant is going to trigger uh, with its control triggers and send it send pitch and uh, volume and um, resistance to your to that um, already made pre-made sound so you, that's the whole point of it is to click it on your plant and leave your your phone or your music thing in the center and listen to the plant all day right so that's kind of there's a bunch of people that do that they do yoga with it you know I've seen uh, I think there's a guy named Tom Wall he at the hash bash thing he actually played with his band where he did that he hooked it the thing up to his um, one, I think it was a cannabis plant he did this year and he hooked it up and was, uh, he played as a band with it, kind of like a psychedelic rock band. Right. So he would just kind of play to whatever notes the sound was given off, but he did that with that little, with his phone app. And so it kind of gave off like a atmospheric tone and they would just jam along to it and whatever key it was and stuff. Really cool. Very, very original, very fun. You know, it's, uh, very improvisational too. That's the whole point of it is you don't know what the plant is going to play at all, right? You have no idea. You have no what, no idea what tempo it's going to play, no idea what key it's going to play in, no idea what rhythm it's going to play. Um, so you just kind of have to play freeform, freeform jazz, you know, if you want to call it like that. Um, and that's what I was trying to do with techno, you know, use it and try to find its, uh, find its, uh, you know, find the pattern in it kind of try to find it as much as I can. And most of the time you can find a vibration that you can find a pattern or rhythm. Um, very rarely is it just free form off the cuffs where it's just crazy. Um, I don't know. I have one right here hooked up. Um, we can try. 
You want to see? Yes, absolutely. Let's absolutely. see. I got doing this on my fucking iPad. So, okay, let's see. So, this is my little thing here. Let me see. Gotta move my shit back. Okay, so this is the bamboo plant right here. And uh, here's the midi sprout little thing right here. And we're, I, I, I don't know what it's going to play. Let me turn it on. If I touch it, I'm connecting the signal. Can you hear that? I can't. So I, I want to just throw this out there. Just like is we watch, uh, when we watch an experiment, we kind of hinder the results as, just as obs observating, you know what I mean, is what we've come to learn in like quantum mechanics and all that good <laughs> stuff. Just, you know, so I can't help but wonder with the Bluetooth application, just because it's putting out a frequency, does it, is it like skewing the results already because it's already adding frequency in the plants like ah, there's something at the base that's you a good know what point. i mean there's something at the base man fucking with me basically <laughs> um i didn't even realize that that's a good point you should make and the funny part about that is okay so i posted my little video on this i bought this thing i'm gonna say two years ago okay maybe two and a half years ago and it was it was kind of more of an expensive little thing but I didn't have a really good synth and at the time like my synth had broken that I had and so I didn't play with it and I put it in the back of my closet and I didn't find it for like two years so I pulled it out and I was like oh look what I found this is sweet and I started hooking it up and uh I posted the video online and she was and there was like four or five people that immediately chimed in saying oh you got an actual midi sync they now did it with Bluetooth and so does all the other ones on the market. They all have it with Bluetooth. We wanted the actual one where you can just hook it right up via cable to it and directly to the plant. No Bluetooth, no, you know, going through your phone, through some app to develop whatever sound that they want it to be that, you know, works well if you're just playing it in your room and you don't really know and you're Joe Schmo and you just want to listen to it. But if you really want to do kind of observations and fun experiments, this one was the one to get, I guess, and I didn't realize it. And I luckily kept it and kept it in the back of my closet and pulled it out. And luckily I got one, but I guess they're not that hard to make. So if you know how to make, um, if you know how to make this stuff, like make a board or a circuit board, you can go on a couple of different board sites. My buddy actually sent one over. I could look it up, but, uh, later and, and give it to you, but, uh, you can, you can build one for like five or 10 bucks. If you know how to build the circuit board, it's just a MIDI connector and a resistance impedance thing. You can find plans to make one for very cheap yourself online. If you're if you're good at that, I'm not that good at that stuff. So I ended up buying it luckily. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I just put it on this on my on my Moog over here. It's uh, it's like a, a whistle. Right. So I just have it, it's, a, it's just a mono sound. So I don't really, you can't really play multiple sounds together, but as you can see, if I touch it, it creates. So that's what's coming out of me. <laughs> Pretty 
So if I hook it up the plant, sorry, I got a, a clock in the background. That's <laughs> so 12 o'clock right now. It's, <laughs> it's ringing. But if I hook it up to the plant, we can try to get, see, I got to get it on the same little plant stroke. <laughs> so I'm not touching it. It's just just connected. You know, I mean, I can do some weird shit like a blow on it. I, Which is you would think the most the topmost part of the plant would be the most active. So have you found that to be true? Here, I, I'll touch it. You know, I can only just theorize and hypothesize, you know. Have you ever tried asking it questions? Like, I mean, <laughs> like, actually, like, seriously, like, actually, like, smoke one and get that calm state of mind, you know what I mean? And just purposely try to communicate with it to see if you could actually get it to. Sure. My, uh, you know, my girl does pranic healing stuff that type of stuff where uh, they do the reiki and the laying on hands so uh we've tried to sending in intentions i guess the best way would be to call that right or manifesting uh intentions in it sending it thoughts i mean as i look at it i look away from it, it tends to stay quiet right i mean i'm talking to you directly right on here you can't hear it beeping but as i look at it and touch it you know And you know, there's nothing different in it. It's the same connection. It's the same, it's just a circuit going in there. Um, realistically, it's just, you have to connect the two by water, right? So there has to be a direct connection. That's why I can touch it where water, we can touch it there. There's water going between those. And it'd be like the neurons firing in there. So that, uh, that'd be the best way to describe it. If there was a heartbeat of the plant, right? Or a, a thought pattern. So yes, I mean, And I'm not, send, it's not sending anything because this is going directly to a move that's not even on. So it's triggering all the notes. I don't have it set through a sequencer or a, any pattern generator or anything. I'm just literally letting it send whatever control signals it's sending. Um, and if it was on a place, sometimes I've had it where it just send the same note over and over again. It's going really high and low in a pretty slow pattern right now. I mean, it's, I mean, that's really slow. If there was a rhythm to it, right? <laughs> it's blushing. So if I, it's blushing. It, it's no, it's, it knows it's being watched. <laughs> yeah. See, I can try to move them around a little bit, maybe. 
So have you noticed a difference? Like, say, if you've got it locked on and you're not changing anything like you are now, have you noticed? I've noted, I know you have noticed a difference from like bamboo to cannabis, but have you noticed a difference from strain to strain, you know, with it? Um, yeah, now, I mean, I mean, I've noticed pattern, rhythm, tempo changes. Um, that's about as far as I'm getting with it. I mean, I'm sending it all when I do it through the same tone. So I'm doing it like if I change, let's say I change the sound to, I'll just change it to a key sound or something. So when it triggers, see, it's pretty, uh, I mean, we're not getting much out of it. So I change it to like a piano sound or something, right? And it's only, it's getting pretty low. I mean, when I've played it too on the videos I showed you, I mean, you're getting, we were getting fast responses. I've, I've got, I mean, it's late at night too. You know what I mean? I wonder if that has something to do with it. I mean, it's midnight to a plant, you know? I wonder if that has anything to do with it. But I'm uh, sure it does. Yeah, it is what it is. I like, you know, I don't want to really try to speed it up or anything. And we know it's connected. We know we're getting a resistance between the two. It's sending something. It's probably just really slow right now. So, um, I mean, uh, I when I've changed the different types of uh, strains on there, um, That, that's that's some that's some high level stuff that I might have to delve into, you know, actually recording patterns. It'd be kind of like recording uh, bird songs or something, right? <laughs> actually recording the song of a certain bird, right? Like the robin sings a different song than the, you know, than the chickadee or something or whatever, right? You know, at that point, we'd be recording the control voltage tones of a specific plant now. I, I'm super busy. I wish I had that much time. <laughs> oh, I'm going to grab Michigan. <laughs> there's got to be big dish out grants like that all the time. I'm sure you could get a grant for something like that. I would honestly want to put produce like a bunch of them so I could just bring it up to like every plan in the room had one. So <laughs> you can and record it. I'd, I'd record it too. I'd be the I, I would be so interactive with it. I honestly would be like, ah, I knew you girls were talking about me as soon as I left. <laughs> I knew it. You'd see them all light up and shit. If you want to decode it. I hooked it to a different stock in there because there's a bunch of stalks in here they're kind of wrapped up together so there's a whole bunch of different plants i connected it to a different stalk and it's it's a whole lot more uh talkative <laughs> i had to turn it down it was sending some super low notes asking it they're asking if you've ever attached them to crystals i wonder i mean even you're a collector of crystals i wonder if like say if you threw one in there like right now just drop one at the base of the plant it's like it would pick up on it 
I mean, I got a, I got the smoky corpse right here, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I put it right here, and, you know, it's right here. I don't know. I guess I could try to touch it to the crystal. I don't know. It doesn't. See, already picked up. Yeah, it has, it has gotten a little louder, faster. I'll move it closer and make sure. Yeah, she's definitely picked up. It's all over the place too. It's got way more movement. Yeah, there's so many things you could do with that because we've we've also talked about like you know grounding the plants together for communication. So it'd be interesting to see you know like as every did things like that, how much things you know made difference. It's like crystals grounding them together and uh, see how much it compared on the health as well. Well, I wonder, I don't know. See, this crystal right here, I don't have a lot of facets on the side, so I can try to, like, touch it to the crystal. Let's see. I'd like to see what happens. So, see, I take it off the plant. It's obviously stops, right? Right? So, I'm just going to touch it to both sides. I don't know. No, not getting anything. Let's see. Let's see if I can clip it in any way. It's hard to clip on or anything. I'm not getting, like, a anywhere to clip it i might be able to take those pads and put it on there oh look at it. look at that this is right this is just a crystal right here ah uh, that's weird i'm not touching it either here i have to hold it back here so I'm not touching it. I'm at the back of the thing, so I'm not. Make sure I'm not touching it. <laughs> Let's see here. I'm not getting really anything. Let's see if I can go from the crystal to the plant. <laughs> They're all talking in chat how interesting this is couple have you ever showed any be anybody this besides us yeah he's got some stuff on instagram wow too i touch it i just have it on like an analog piano sound That's weird. See, that's another curiosity I have. It's like, does it have a preference? You know what I mean? I would honestly have to leave it hooked up to a plant and like change that instrument every day to try to, well, you know, note if I've noted some shit. The plant's still singing. 
Let's see if I can turn it. So you can take it and like. Now, you hook it up, see how that is? I can hook it up to like an arpeggio. Sounds like some techno. Yeah, exactly right. And then you throw the beats on top of it. Oh, I well, you the, the fun part is I could record that and loop it. Now that's a it's a plant literally playing that part in my song. I should record it right now. <laughs> we could make a track right now. Um, I think I got the, I I'm think telling I got the you, drum machine. <laughs> man, I'm telling you what, I'm gonna say this right now, and I hope nobody but Mr. Midnight Roots ever cashes in on this idea. <laughs> I don't, it's, you, it's not an read, idea. That, I mean, everybody's cashing out. I mean, there's a lot of people that have done this. There's no, like no, said, like you were saying though, like almost like say how people have the interest in seeing us live one-on-one -on -one in this conversation. I think also like if you had like a live feed, you know what I mean? Uh, that you could like a plant plant radio for plants basically <laughs> you know what i mean something that you would do play made by plants that you turn on for your in your grow room you know what i mean for that that music that we we're talking about <laughs> no that'd be super fun it would be like a live plant day we get a different plant every week and we plug it in and just let it play like this and we could take the yeah, drum yeah yeah take the drum machines i've got a whole bunch of them here like i was doing before just find that rhythm in it just make a drum beat you know i've got a i've got a bunch of them here let's see if we can even do something i want to see something let's see i wonder if i could record this but i mean there's a bunch of other uh, let's see Make it play some like brass, right? I've got it's obviously way out of uh, I gotta turn the game down. And <laughs> a couple of them, super loud certain notes but you can't tell the plant how loud to play right so i probably will do that i mean that's that's actually i mean i'm on the way of making a bunch of tracks like this but i mean it's it's a great idea just to grab inspiration from the plant right off of it i mean a lot of times writers get creative blocks pretty simply um so being able to grab inspiration from something that you're right next to like a bamboo plant or your cannabis plant is super fun you know yeah, I would definitely want to get like 
you know, just like any other band, four or five of them in all at once. You know what I mean? Just to see if they would like rock out. Have a uh, have a band of band of plants, basically. There's some there's some record producer out there going, "That's not a bad idea. I'll just get the plants. I don't have to pay them. <laughs> I'll put them on tour. <laughs> I'll just cook them up and just look at them with a bunch of plants. They'll never stop working." <laughs> Uh, GR GR420 Community Videos is asking if you ever tried two plants in the same pot. I've tried two plants next to each other, right? I connected one to the other, and I don't have two plants in the same pot. No, I don't. I don't do like no-till or anything like that. So all my plants are different, and I haven't used it outside yet because I'm connecting it to my synths inside. So I haven't really. I don't. I don't really have a portable synth that I. I mean, I guess I do. I have the little boutique Juno. I guess I could use the boutique Juno and go outside and do that. I think that's got a speaker on the back of it, actually. That's, I wonder if this thing does. That's a great question. Uh, Jason Eyestone is wanting to, what is asking, do you think that uh, if a clone would have the same tempo, same tones as the mother? Yeah, that's a good question, right? I mean, I haven't gone that deep into it. These are fun questions that I would love the community to be involved. I mean, <laughs> I wish I had the time to do all this stuff. I would love to enjoy and interact in any way uh, I could with other people doing it. Um, there's a couple of these on the market. And like I said, you can uh, you can build them for free. Let me see, actually. I see if I can pull that up, actually. I want to see if I can. I have a link to... Um, to somebody said where you can literally uh what's the thing where you can literally build it for five bucks so if you have any of that knowledge you said it's really not that super hard either um i'm intrigued with the frequency as far as ipm i mean why not they've come up with scientific methods to use it against us sound cannons that you know frequencies that we can't take that make us turn tails and run so why couldn't they you know dial in for something for bug bugs specific you were talking more of a music but i'm kind of talking about either way a music or, or just a frequency now if, if that was true then you know you could at that point get these to play that and learn that frequency and just make a recording of it you know a 24-hour recording or a, you know have it play i mean that's that'd be ridiculous if you if you could somebody could harness vibratory and frequency pesticide use that'd be the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life right like i said i've read about it uh in india and other people using it um and i've read about a couple of different products on the market that claim to do it um I haven't bought them or used them, so I can't comment on them. Um, I'd love to know if anybody in the chat has ever used any of those products, because I'd love to hear about them. Like you said, um, I know I do, and I have used, uh, you know, um, energized water, you know, moving your water, um, crystal, uh, embedding your water. I do have uh, crystal singing bowls, right? Um, and I, uh, I love crystal singing bowls. Uh, if you're not familiar with those, they're, uh, you know, spun quartz crystal, 
that uh, uh, that isn't like a bowl and you ring it like you would a, like you would a wine glass and it resonates in a certain frequency depending on how big and deep the bowl is. And uh, they're usually tuned. Um, and uh, you can get them in any tune. I, I've got a full set of them. And uh, I used to try to do different things. And when I was winning cups, doing a lot of uh, indoor gardening, um, I would start with the, uh, the plant's root phase being its seedling phase and uh, ring the red or the C um, note and start there, right? I mean, it was a thought. I was winning cups. I don't know if it helped me. <laughs> Maybe it helped my state of mind, which helped the plants. Um, but I was ringing crystal bowls in my room a lot. I would keep them in the room and ring them every time I walked into the room to kind of like chill the room. And then every week, and I, I, my idea was, right, you got seven chakras, you got the red through the high purple, right? C is the bottom, red is the bottom, like a rainbow, you know, and then it goes up purple being the crown chakra at the top of the head as you know it rises up and each one of those chakras would have a certain frequency and it has a certain vibration and uh and so i attributed that to the time of the plant's life so uh you know red being the root c i would start it with c at the uh at the root and then I'd go all the way up into harvest which would be the purple and i'd be ringing a different crystal bowl like every week and a half, right? Because if a plant only lives, you know, nine weeks, I mean, a week is like, you know, a long time in its plant's life. I mean, if it lives, what, 70 days estimate? I mean, a day is like a year in a plant's life. It's kind of how I used to look at it, right? If you live 70 years, my dad died at 67, right? So <laughs> you live 70 years old, plant lives 70 years, a day is a year. So I always look at it like that. If somebody doesn't go in and look at their plant for a whole day, that plant just missed you for a whole year of its life. <laughs> so it, it always kind of, you know, that's, it's, it's a way I think of it, you know, and relating to the plant, you know, um, this plant is really active next to me right now, though. There's a more than a couple of people that want to know what that device is called. You've got a lot of people intrigued now. People are, <laughs> I knew um, this one is called the, the one. The one I got, the one I bought, is called the uh, Midi, the Midi Sprout, M-I-D-I Sprout, Midi Sprout, and uh, like I said, it changed its name. The the new one they're doing is called the Plant Wave, and uh, you can Google search those; they'll come right up. Um, I don't know if you can still find the Midi Sprout, the one I have, which is the direct one, and there's another one that, like I said, I I've got a buddy that. Um, does it with his little psychedelic rock band in out of uh southern michigan and he uh does it with the i think it's called music to make making music with plants something like that you can google search it too but it's a similar product very similar i think it has a probe where you can put it into the into the dirt of the plant right and then you connect it too so you can go kind of go root root to uh that and this one has a probe i just not using it right now but that one that i always thought that was a cool idea too doing the probe type of thing connecting it to the roots and trying to get the full circuit that way um but uh yeah th those are the two that i know of the making music with plants i think or i think that's what it's called but this one i have is called the midi sprout it's like like i said it's the older version of it so uh, uh i don't think you're going to be able to find it unless you find some on eBay or something like that, but it's just, uh, just this, it just has a battery in it 
And so you just unplug the bottom. It's just got the volume basically and sensitivity right here. So it's just volume and sensitivity. And uh, then just the plug, which basically just connects the plant right now. And so I still have the plant. It's actually, it's actually pretty active right now, actually. Maybe it's because I'm smoking right next to it. <laughs> but, that's all it is. It's just the MIDI out right here. And this MIDI out is going to this move right here. Right. So I don't even have the move on. No arpeggiator. This does, this is not arpeggiator. I can turn it on a slower instrument. But it's still, there's that whistle again. I like to put it on the whistle because it's, it's really easy to hear it change. Right, and it's more like a sine, like a direct sine wave. So you can kind of catch those frequencies and those vibrations in it. You can hear it jump up and down, you know, octaves really quick, which is odd because it's sending those, you know, it's going high, low. And it just stops. <laughs> but uh, if I put on piano, it's cool. It'd be cool for making a song or taking it and, you know, like making a couple tracks, which I'm sure I probably will do in the next, you know, month or two. That's, you know, I've been making tracks every day. Um, making a lot of down tempo stuff lately, like 100 beat, beat per minute, you know, down tempo, trip hoppy type tracks. But I've, uh, but I'll probably go back to techno because the shit's great. I put an arpeggio on it or any sort of movement on it has some great patterns that you would normally wouldn't conceive of so some good inspiration off the top fun that's what music is i mean you just gotta have fun with music really that's the fun part about it i'll put it on the piano so it's not so busy you would think the, the, the instrument would affect the mood. You would think that it'd be a circle, right? It'd be cyclic, right? Listening to itself, <laughs> right? I guess right now it is listening to itself. It'd be like a, it'd be like one of those babies that can never hear before and puts one of those cochlear implants in, and all of a sudden it hears its my voice and everybody cries and <laughs> you're like, oh my god, it's the greatest video I've ever seen. So it's like a plant listening to itself. But this plant I played with a little bit. It's a bamboo plant that my mom got me for uh, Christmas or something. But it still has the crystal in there. I have a couple other crystals like up on the shelf here. Let's see. I don't know if these will do anything. This one's just like a crystal slash little thing. It's just a kind of a. I don't know, quartz crystal. It looks like just a stick almost. I can just place it on there. And I got uh, I got one of these lucidite, I think it is. Don't get me wrong, I'm not I'm not an expert on crystals. So it's a blue one. It's a pointer. Somebody gave me one time. So I could even put that on there and with it, just load it up. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's changed though already. I'll put this quartz one on there too.
they they are they do make a difference in my opinion yeah. it does speed up a little bit. i mean you can hear it it was slow for a minute now is that measurable you know you'd have to record it for you know a long time and do a lot of experiments you know but i, I you know I've, I've watched a lot of those videos where you know uh the forest they've done a lot of for, uh research on old forest and uh um you know protector trees and how trees communicate and if you keep older trees around the younger trees learn from the older trees and it makes a difference for their growth so it's obvious that plants communicate with each other i mean you got to at least accept that plant start for the first point of anything that there is signals being sent out like there would be between me and somebody else in the room on you know uh you know, unspoken signals sent out through vibration. You know, some people are nihilist and some people, you know, don't 100% believe that there are, you know, there is a connection between people and that, you know, we're completely individualized and uh, we're separate from each other. You know, you have that, you know, AI mentality, you know, or we're just Android type of things. <laughs> I'm not sure I believe that so much. You know, I'd like to believe that we're connected and there is a, a source field connecting us. And if you do throw intentions to this plant, it will uh, change. I mean, I, I mean, I think it gives responses a lot of ways, you know, that's like understanding a bird call, right? <laughs> or a baby, is that baby screaming or is that baby, you know, asking for food? <laughs> You know, it would it would be really cool if anything to uh, like take notes on our no our moods and you know interaction with the plant because we always talk about you know le you know brushed it off at the door before you enter the garden basically you don't want to take that negative energy into the garden so it would be neat to kind of you know keep some kind of record you know I went in I was that day when I went in to see if the plants actually you know were taking note of the moods you know what I mean if you went in purposeful within a good mood if the plants would pick up and you know in rhythm and you know vibe off of you but if you went in just like the rock band like you're saying with the rock music if you go in with the shitty attitude if it really is, you know, you feel your plants are setting it, you'd be able to know that, you know, well, I would think, right? You'd be able to keep a good record of it to see if that really is true. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, that's why I trended to do the crystal bowls before I en entered the room, right? You know, at least get myself in the proper state of mind. And I'll tell you, when I was at the happiest and doing very productive stuff, like, let's say, you know, I was entering the cannabis cup one weekend and the next weekend playing like the movement festival, you know, two huge events in my life that are very meaningful in both aspects of my worlds and succeeding on one side and then succeed, you know, those types of things, my plants would respond and, you know, everything would respond tremendous. And, you know, uh, if you've had down times in your life where you're not doing so well, you know, I've noticed your plants sometimes have, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden easier you know then all of a sudden they get pm and you're like what the fuck is everything going on and you know some people could say you're just not paying attention to your plants so much and there's other things but you know a lot of people might say uh 
that you know it is I your state of mind what that affects four twenty community videos is kind of taking it. You you can ask for questions or inputs. Uh, GMO is his real handle there. It's GR four twenty community videos in chat. But he's like, have you ever tried different light colors like IR or whatever? That would be interesting as well to see if, uh, you know, you could note different tones by changing the light frequency, adding, like he's saying, some, you know, IR red. If you could note it, that pick up or go down, any kind of change like that, or even maybe, so, you know, cranking up your LED, you know what I mean? If the PPF, if it really like can find that sweet spot, like it's like, oh yeah, no, turn that shit down. You know what I mean? If you could really pick up on something like that. That's gonna, that's, that's, yeah. Now the tones, you gotta realize the tones are from the synth, right? So it's just sending resistance, right? It's just ones and zeros, right? I don't know how to put it, you know? It's just sending resistance in that, um, in, in the frequency. So, um, uh, you know, um, it's just, you know, it's breaking the impedance. So, uh, I guess you, you, it'd be like, like I said, learning the call of a whale or, you know, people that study how dolphins speak and learning how they speak or speaking to uh, any other plant, you know, you'd have to, I guess that we'd have to claim that then the uh, resistance would be its language or it's, you know, <laughs> the way it communicates and then then it's putting its communication into music terms which is pretty cool in itself because i guess music is a language right so could we communicate with each other through music do we <laughs> right um it's kind of an interesting study in itself you know so you, you have to get off into certain things now you know so we're just studying that resistance that's giving off like if we, if, if, you'd have to record it all day, put it under red. And I'm sure, you know, with the right studies and the right understanding of how the plant communicates with each other, these would be studies I would want the government to fund, not military studies or anything else like that. Let's say, let's take uh, 600 billion out of the military budget and put it towards plant music studies. And we'll call it a bio data sonification studies. I'd love that. I think I bet I bet a lot of people would vote for that too. <laughs> you know, trying to uh, understand the music of plants. Another one they were saying is uh, if you could like know like plant health basically, it would be like if you could tell if she was getting sick through a daily recording like that. For sure. I mean, then we, you know, can we transfer that over, you know, to humans? <laughs> can we know when we're getting sick through our language? You know, could, could we study that type of information through this resistance? I mean, that's, uh, that, that's, uh, that's what, what I love the community, you know, taking the theory is all the way there. You know, I mean, at a certain point, you know, I mean, there are vibrational medicine healers. There are, uh, you know, plant medicine and vibrational frequency healers. And I personally know people that swear up and down that Reiki and pranic healing 
and laying on hands and uh, Edward Casey studies and all that type of stuff where people have gone into uh, <clears throat> Ayurveda or uh, Akashic mindset and pulled out uh, records from uh, some sort of main <laughs> hard drive or uh, library or uh, something like that. And, you know, is that vibrational? Can we just understand, you know, that's, that's string theory in a weird way, right? Everything is a vibration. Then it moved over to M theory, membranes, vibration became membranes. Um, I don't know. I like to, I like to listen to the plants <laughs> and I like to get inspiration from their, uh, their, I don't know, randomness or um, patterns that they do throw off. It does, uh, it does bring me happiness when I do play music. And that's uh, something that's, you know, kind of just the goal of making music and <laughs> finding, you know, happiness and uh, something as fun as listening to a plant make piano tones and putting a beat to it, you know? <laughs> oh, it's definitely super cool. You know, I, I, I would be almost addicted with, you know, experiment, different experiments to see, you know, how they respond with things I'm doing in the garden. That's the main thing. We all talk about, you know, our vibe in the garden. It would just be cool to see overall how what you do daily in the garden affects their overall rhythm. And uh, they were asking again in, uh, in chat, does uh, res resistance change with light brightness, like dim light, low resistance? Have you noted changes like that? Uh, here, I'll, I don't know. Let me turn the lights off. <laughs> turn down the lights. I mean, when I, when I, when I connected the plant earlier, uh, we weren't getting much of a signal through it. Like I said, I, I almost thought it was asleep. It was, it's pitch black out, you know what I mean? It's midnight, one o'clock right now or something, right? We're at 12.30 at night, so. But now we've been playing with it, you know, putting crystals next to it, <laughs> smoking next to it, playing music to it. It's, uh, it's super active. I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's a. Yeah, well, that's a, that's one of the things too. Um, we know she's got to go to sleep. They go to sleep. I mean, like you said, it would be hard for you waking her up, giving her a cup of coffee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Getting her running a little bit. Now shut off the light. Be like, is this making a difference? Because they're still going to be going. <gasps> what just happened? <laughs> I mean, we know that uh, they do, right? Because, uh, um, I mean, you, you have clones, and I mean, some people run their clones on 24 hours, but I noticed that when you do it at a, you know, a, you know, a 16, you know, eight, uh, you know, or even a 24, uh, you get better results. You give it time for photosynthesize, although it doesn't need to in cloning very much, but you give it time to at least act natural in a weird way <laughs> that makes sense rather than forcing it um but i've no i just i noticed my plants respond better when i give it more natural 
um, stuff. And I mean, even the like Gavita controllers have stuff like uh, um, sunrise and sunset and stuff like that, right? They have they have all those uh, things in the clouds to go over where you can set your controller to uh, you know to act like it has clouds so it'll dim for five minutes and then come back up slowly so like a cloud went in front of it or something like that you know and uh, they they have that on the controller for a reason I mean I'm not sure if the science proves it works but <laughs> something like this though would help. You know what I mean? You could hook this up to, you know, a, a plant that is on that type of schedule and just listen to her all day to see, you know, if she acts different during that morning dimness or, you know, full brightness. If, you know, you could find, see if there was some type of correlation that lined directly up with that light cycle. No, I'd love to. I, I, those are, those are going to be fun studies to do. I've been doing it like this, where I've just been leaving it like this. You know, there's other ways to take it. Let me see. Um, if I if I do like where I put it on like something like this, it's like you hear it's like an evolving song almost. You can play something like this where it's got multiple layers and you can just leave this on for days and it will play like 16 different voices. And I've done that a couple of times. You can get some cool. Uh... This is what you'd get. So if you get bought one of those plant waves, these are some of the things that give you on your phone, something like this, a textured layer. And then you'd let this play all day. So it's kind of adding like a, like a binaural beats along with it as well. Kind of, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah multi-layered tones, binaural beats being of those where it, hits the different sides of your brain and it splits it into stereo so it has it so it activates the different aspects of your brain right yeah exactly you can do that with some synths i love, I love the binaural beats by the way it'd be fun to see how they would interact with the like you're saying just with the different binaural beats if that it made a big difference and it's there's so many fun things you could take places you could take this kind of study. There should be grant money for this. There should be grant <laughs> money for this, damn it. <laughs> I, you know, it's hard stuff, right? Like, who's gonna do it? You're gonna be in, uh, you know, you have to be in music theory almost, like class or like philosophy class, and you know, um, I believe it makes more sense. Like, if you can apply it to how capitalists think, right? How are we going to profit off this? How are we going to turn this and make it so we make horrible tones where the animals don't even want to be around the plants because <laughs> you're playing some crazy song out there and all the plant animal plants are like, I don't even want to go near those stupid plants. <laughs> you know, how are we going to harness that sound? Harness the, the brown note or something? So the <laughs> plants are like, uh, get those pests away from me. You know, it'll be interesting. 
I would love to see it work. Like I said, I've, I've read about it in India and I've read about it in a couple other places. I've seen some things online that claim that they can do that stuff, the sonic bloom type of thing. And those, I, I've never used them, but uh, I would love to, uh, I would love to see some people in an actual school get down with this stuff. I've seen, like I said, the mycology guy, there's a couple of dudes that uh, I've seen online. There's one guy that connects it to like, watermelons you can connect it to anything that has water between it right so at a certain point you know it's um just connecting and they'll just use it to make notes with connecting and dissolving the resistance although that isn't playing with living creatures then so you're we're doing something completely different at that point um but um the mushroom it, stuff it is really interesting need to cut you off i just was gonna say that it would be neat to see uh, like you did play like the sonic bloom there if like if you played the sonic bloom and you had your plant hooked up to this device if if she would sink you know what i mean just match up with it you know start singing along with it almost yeah that would be super cool i was just thinking about that myself i wonder if it would work I mean, I, I would hope so. That'd be the coolest stuff ever. I mean, Edward Casey said that, you know, the secret of fucking life is vibration and frequency, right? There's a lot of people that believe that, um, you know, uh, I'd love if we could get there. I love cymatics, you know, the whole idea of, you ever see cymatics where they uh, apply like a vibration to water and they, uh, you know, and they, uh, and they'll like freeze it or do something like that. So they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll have a speaker or something and they put like sand on top of the speaker and they turn it on a certain tone and the sand will turn into like a geometric shape or something. Have you ever seen that? Yes, mm -hmm. I, I have. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, yeah, that's what we, I was getting ready to say before this is, you know, It'd be neat to do the same thing. Just set one of those loose in your room and just see, spin the frequency until, you know, the plant dances. Just find that magical one. And, you know, we were, you mentioned the Akashic records and stuff like that. I, I, I really believe it, that in itself is a matter of just frequency. You know, uh, I've talked about that a, a few nights uh, I think it was before Pops Rooms, it could have been. Uh, but I was talking about psychedelics and, you know, how we view people that are so-called crazy and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Who's to say that, you know, with psychedelics, we've obviously found out that, you know, letting your mind relax or, you know, getting in tune with that circular frequency will open doors in your mind and let you kind of see, peek into the other side. So who's to say that some of these folks that, uh, you know, that deemed crazy or whatever, just aren't in that static, you know what I mean? They aren't in a perfect tone, but you're just in that in-between kind of radio frequency where they are, you know? unfortunately hearing records and shit you know voices from the other side who's to say you know and, and, and again I, I i like to say that's perspective again 
you know, to that person doing DMT, you know, it's, it's one thing, their perspective, it's beautiful. I've just seen the other side. I've taken so much from this, but, you know, as a passerby, you know, puking on yourself, that, that dude's crazy. You know what I mean? How it's perspective. You know what I mean? Who's to say what's going on in that brain isn't, you know, <laughs> torture if you locked in between two frequencies maybe multi-frequencies you know i think that stuff is a lot of state of mind to be honest with you i think some people are, have that ability to relax themselves into that like gacy there he had that ability maybe just when in his sleep state you know his heart rhythm or whatever you know he just relaxed and just could seize things, it, it, access that record. And now I feel, I've actually noticed somewhat of, some of the best times I've ever taken mushrooms, to be honest with you, is honestly in the sleep. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever taken any and like just fell out mid-peak, you know, ride there. But man, I've, I've felt like I've had, you know, unlocked some shit during a nice mushroom nap to be honest with you <laughs> where i could just let my mind go and let everything else unlock with with the ride you know what i mean yeah i mean i have uh yeah i mean i have a son who has autism so uh i watch him a lot and uh i had an uncle who i lived with for a while who had schizophrenia you know and would say that he would hear things all the time all the time on the TV and this and that. So I've dealt with a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, a lot of different types of ideas in that line. Uh, and I, when I went to college, I did a lot of studies with, you know, disassociation and multiple personality disorders, right? So uh, I studied a lot about that. Uh, that was kind of my, my focus on one of my majors was, you know, that type of idea um, of the frequency that you can get on, like, like uh, everybody is just a, you know, the idea that uh, you can just turn a radio a TV station and there's thousands of, you know, television shows floating around right at the same time. And the only one that you're seeing is the one that you're tuned into. Right. So, you know, just because you're tuned into the price is right. Doesn't mean that, you know, Martin isn't going on over here. And it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, um, you know, Shawshank Redemption isn't playing over here. It doesn't mean that there's a million other stories and narratives being played out and you're only seeing the one that you're focusing into because pretty much, you know, yeah, like you said, it is perspective and perception and, uh, you know, understanding that, you know, lets you understand, you know, how to define your time. And, you know, we just look for patterns in that time, right? And that's kind of what we're doing with the plant too. When we, when I sit here and then that wraps all the way back around to frequency and vibration again, you know, finding the, our patterns in this time, because every single night we close our eyes and go to sleep and then wake up again. And hopefully what we remember is the same place, <laughs> uh, you know, that we left it off at, you know, and, uh, I mean, it's, inter it's interesting to watch people like that. Like I said, watching my son who, uh, uh, we'll play the game Portal, which is, have you ever played that video game, Portal? It's a game where you have a gun and it shoots 
two po two portals and you can shoot it on the wall over here and then the wall over there and whichever way you walk through you come out the other side so that's the game and you're in a you're in this like weird area that this robot is kind of trying to kill you but it's giving you the option to win the game and you only have this portal to do it and so it's a very three and fourth dimensional thought like you have to shoot a portal on the ground and then shoot one like behind you above you and you get momentum by falling through that portal and shooting through the other portal so you kind of have to think in this fourth dimensional thing where you shoot over here and you end up coming over here and you go like that so you're almost in a fourth dimensional hypercube and uh it, it is utterly ridiculous to watch my son play that game and how good he is and i'm i've been playing video games since i was a child and i still play video games i like warzone and stuff like that right but i mean he is ridiculous at this game and it's uh that's all he likes to play <laughs> and it's it's interesting watching like you said his frequency is on that other level where he you know, I guess sees it differently than us you know you can't judge a a fish by the way it rides a bike right i'm just curious <laughs> just curious uh as a, somebody that's into philosophy, what is your uh, thoughts on uh, assimilation theory? <laughs> you don't want to ask me that because that's like my favorite theory. <laughs> um, I don't know. There's a, I think there's a two realities fighting against each other right now, obviously. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you really get into it, is there just one reality fighting against itself in the end? Is it just a fractal that's going upon it and floating upon itself? You know, but at the same time, is that, you know, I mean, I don't know how much virtual reality you play or if you've seen high level virtual reality games or if you've experienced any of that type of stuff. I mean, you have to kind of understand virtual reality before you start understanding simulation theory, right? Have you played a lot of virtual reality? No, no, not at all, to be honest with you. You should check out like, oculus or something there's a couple of cool little places in michigan where you can go and actually play virtual reality but they've come so far so when i see that you know i obviously can believe that they can create a reality that is just as pleasurable and just as real as the one that we live in where some people might actually choose it over our reality and that's we can easily accept that we i'm probably we know probably two or three people that we know that would choose a simulated reality with easily attainable pleasures at our fingertips at any time and the ultimate understanding of knowledge at any time we want to understand any question we can understand it we want to go into any person's house we can go anywhere we want we can experience anything we want at any time uh that type of stuff is kind of possible with virtual reality in a weird way i mean like there's a game wander where you can just go anywhere in the world you can go underneath the ocean on top of it and there's pictures of it and you literally feel like you're there it's it's awesome. <laughs> it's an awesome game. And it's basically like Google Earth in virtual reality. So you, I can, you can go to your, your buddy's house. You can go to your house. You can go the top of Mount Everest. You can go anywhere that somebody's taken a picture with virtual reality. And that's a lot of places, I'll tell you. <laughs> and there's, I mean, everywhere inside of a Shaolin monk's house to a yurt in Alaska to, it's super cool. Um, I still have this thing playing behind me. It's kind of weird listening to it. But uh 
but my 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 girl uh you know is in the pranic healing and reiki and stuff like that so there's a there's a, a lot of arguments that you know the soul you know obviously can only exist if it's not in the simulation so you have to you know <laughs> then i start comparing software to soul you know hard drive to akashic record you know stuff like that and it's weird you know you watch what is that spirit science you know they have a big talk about that between the martian type of things that are i love spirits. creating I yeah spirit. creating an alternate reality right that's very similar to our reality but then the only thing that i concerned is okay that's what we know right now in time i mean how do we not know <laughs> that it's a million years from now from what we're conceiving and somebody just put us in this reality loop i mean elon musk talks about it a lot he i mean fuck it's elon musk of course he likes Neuralink and he wants to go to mars and shit you know he's all about simulation and ai but i mean he's already went to congress he's went to senate you've heard him talk about it on joe rogan he's warned you know everybody in our society uh, that he could that we have till about 2025 before AI hits singularity and then has to decide if it needs humanity around and what's humanity's purpose at that point for its survival. And if there's a purpose for humanity's survival, once the AIs take control, because they will, and it's, it's a given, right? I mean, we can't beat something that can live forever and is made out of titanium. You know, we can't kill it. You know, you have to unplug the shit and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's those movies and a, a bunch of fat people right now, I guarantee are going to have a hard time fighting an army of AIs ripping through our towns with fucking barrages of weapons and spraying chemtrails and clouding out the sun and making it so we don't, we don't have such heat warming. And so now they're clouding the sun and can, who, who needs that? Who, who would like to cover our sun? AI, they don't need fucking sun, right? I mean, who would spray that shit in the sky. AI, have they been spraying it for hundreds of years? Are we already in a simulation? Are, 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 yes. Is it matrix theory? Where, the answer to that is where the yes. Where the batteries, we right? <clears throat> well, I don't want to ever claim that I know yes or no, and we are because it's probably five times more cognizant dissidence is put into our heads like Westworld, where we can't question the nature of our reality or, or we just kind of crack for a minute. You know what I mean? You just can't question the nature of reality that far. Like once you get to that point, you, you just—I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, but I would love been to, there, right? I've yeah, been I mean, there. Well, I, I've been actually, there, right? <laughs> it's you fun know? because it—it's—it's it, it's, all the signs are there. To be honest with you, in my book, this <laughs> is AI. We, what we're living right now—if <laughs> it isn't AI 1.0, it's. It's 2.0, or you know, we're virgin on 3.0. Oh, yeah, and I kind of hit that, this opinion. One million point oh. Because <laughs> it is real. I think it's happening right now. The signs are obvious. I think, you know, <laughs> the, Man the Mandela effect is a one tipping point that, you know, it shows <laughs> that we're figuring it out and glitching it a little bit, I think. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Mandela, that's Mandela, yeah. the actual Mandela effect is. It weirds me out because I do remember Nelson Mandela's death in like the 80s, watching it on TV and too. stuff like that. I remember watching the whole parade and he died and then all of a sudden he's alive in jail again. You're like, what? He, what how did he? <laughs> you know, but there are other ones, the Oscar Mayer, you know, the Monopoly guy with the fucking monocle. 
I swear the Monopoly guy had a monocle, <laughs> right? You know, the Bernstein Bears shit, right? I don't know about the Bernstein Bears, but uh, or or Shaq or Shazam or what, what is his name? Sinbad and he did the Shazam. I swear I remember that, but then it was like Shaq who did Shazam or something. <laughs> but think about this, Jake. Yeah, think about this for a second. This is what kind of helps me think that uh, it's kind of getting obvious. Now, I'm, I'm one of them people that believe that manifestation is possible. If you see it, you know, in your head and you, it's clear, you know, what you think about is what you become. You know what I mean? You set your own path. So sure. that's, that's us kind of figuring out somewhat of a, a glitch. We've, we've, we've figured out that we, we have a hand and we can create. We are creators in that sense okay so that makes us somewhat uh, digital if you will or i mean somewhat of a sim now playing into this i heard this gentleman talk on rogan that said you know he was asking rogan or rogan was asking him is sim real would we know and the gentleman said no you know if simulation was going on you would not know because at that point the AI would be so smart. There would be so many simulations going on at once. You wouldn't be able to figure out where you are in the puzzle. Okay. Now, listen like to in me. West, follow like, me like, in, like in Westworld. Follow right? me here. Right. We, we, we've talked about perception here as well. So if we're, uh, perception is limited pretty much to the individual and in how we understand reality around us. Now, who's to say, and again, just keep that one in mind as I go, go forward here. Now, as we went on with the digital age, what happens with us necessarily in the physical world becomes less and less important as much as the tracking of us in the digital, the buying and selling of us digitally. You know what I mean? Everything we do now is data, 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 which is scary. And it has been for a while now. Now, if, the, if it's all data and that's the most important part and you know, physical person isn't necessarily important anymore, what's that a sign of? Well, sounds like simulation. So, and again, and if we've, what we talk have about you, with reality have you ever seen the, have and you perception ever seen the, is listen. I have not. I probably the not. Ones the, so I the ones of the glitches with the birds frozen in the air. Oh yes, I have seen. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Or cars like all jacked up like that. Yeah, that, 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 that hit like nothing. Just like hit nothing. They hit like a wall that doesn't exist in reality, right? Like those types of so, things. Yeah, that would that would argue for it like i said i'm i'm on your side dude i argue for simulation theory a lot i it, to me it, it makes sense why we would go to sleep and bet charge our battery down you know because we need to recharge our battery so that we go i mean it makes batteries are the only way i understand i'm just thinking where time as we know it is a thousand years in advance and there could be somebody piloting our avatar that wants to be in my shoes they want to be a you know, a techno producer who grows weed and makes chocolate bars. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, somebody be like, that's a fun little avatar. I'm going to play that dude for whatever, 70 years. And then all of a sudden that's it, you know, and he's going to have this, right. You know, but at the same time, 
you know, there's very religious people that want to argue that that is like, there is two realities. And I, you know, I get argued this a lot and I, you know, and I, I semi do believe it sometimes that, you know, maybe there is a simulation and, and I don't want to act like I know on either side because when I graduated with my philosophy degree, I turned to my philosophy professor and I said, why the fuck did you allow me to get a philosophy degree? And he started laughing and he was like, why? And I said, because I know way less now than I did when I came in. I go, when I came into college, I knew everything. I knew it all. I knew everything. I knew what I was going to do in life and I knew everything was going to happen. And by the time I graduated, my life was shook up completely. And I had no idea what everything was. And I didn't know anything again. I didn't even know if I existed or if I was a brain in a vat, if some guy was controlling me and just putting things in my brain. And I was actually just some brain and some cruise ship off the fucking coast of fucking Africa in international waters in fucking 500 years from now. And I'm just stored old Jake that, you know, has some pattern that they wanted to save because we're just vibrations and they wanted to store that song of Jake in the, in a little vat. <laughs> and so they tap into it with some little things and that's how it is. And we're like some program or something where you want to be like, I just want to go into you know, a uh, garage band, or I want to go into Facebook or whatever. We're just an app or something, you know, but at the same time, I got a lot of my, uh, you know, my spiritual friends that, you know, want to cry when you hear, when they say that, right. You know, they want to believe that there is a soul and that, you know, plants aren't, you know, uh, <laughs> robots, you know, <laughs> even though they do grow and live in mathematical golden mean ratios a lot of them do and they grow in beautiful mathematic formulations and beautiful mathematic you know patterns and stuff but at the same time we want to believe that there is something besides a big high level computer <laughs> and uh, you know I, I don't know i'm not going to say i know either way but i would like to believe that there are two and they're fighting each other maybe <laughs> like in the matrix right because that's kind of what it was in the matrix right there was the real dudes plugged up to the batteries right and then this is this is the this is the matrix and we close our eyes you know that was it i mean that was my first i think dmt trip was i got told that what when you're living you're asleep and when you're asleep you're awake you know, and I was just like, oh, shit, <laughs> I can't do this again. <laughs> right? But, you know, it was like, you know, uh, sleep and, uh, you know, DMT trips are all non-death experiences. And what are near-death experiences? Lucid dreams, right? They could be considered that, you know. So do we die every night when we go to bed? You know, do we, is it the same thing? Sleep is death, right? You know, that's a really deep argument right there, right? <laughs> You know, and then you could argue, where do uh, multiple personality people go when they change? Some of them have 20 personalities. You know, where does Timmy go when it turns into Jenna? You know, because some of them have different heartbeats. I mean, finger, uh, you know, handwriting patterns. I've, you know, done studies on where multiple personality patients have like multiple female personalities and they menstruate at multiple times during the month. You know, that's physically impossible, right? For you to menstruate and have multiple ovary thing i don't know what you know you menstruate at multiple times in a month and different heartbeat patterns when they're different ones like literally everything that you would use to define a person save their fingerprints or dna right you know and so then you start getting into right 
uh, if it's simulation theory, then what is soul? Right? It's, <laughs> then you start really going, okay, because we have to agree that there's a soul. I do. And that soul is present in multiple personalities. You know, so it'd be like vessel, soul idea, body, mind, right? Unless you just believe body, body and soul are one. You know, my, there is mind and soul, mind and body. And uh, if that is real, then it, it kind of interacts and conflicts a little bit with simulation theory a little bit. So it leads me to believe that there would be two theories going on. One, one of soul, which would be the fight for our soul, <laughs> right? Which the soul holds maybe properties that we don't even understand that are occurring vibratory patterns or songs or, you know, love vibrations we give out, like you said, intentions, all the things that humans make human different than a, a lion, if we're different than a lion, you know, if we're different than a plant, if we're different than some things like that. I mean, we can make art. Can a plant make art? Is it different than when I make a song as it is when I plug it into a plant and make a song, like you said, if we want to... <laughs> Right. If we want to make a band out of plants. Right. Would it be the same as a band of people? Would people care as much? Would people care more? <laughs> I'd care about care it more, more than ACDC. I'd say that I do not like ACDC. You can put it on the record and I would care about a plant, a, a band of plants more than I would care about ACDC, especially with Axl Rose. No ACDs with Axel Rose, bro. Just come on. Just die at this point. <laughs> yes. Yes, I agree. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Are there somebody out there right now saying, I will never buy another Midnight Bar because he hates ACDC and I fucking love Shook Me All Night Long? <laughs> you know? oh, no. I love was... ACDC. <laughs> Oh, I, I, well, I agree. When I heard he was filling in, I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. He can't even <laughs> sing his own band, to be honest with you. He has to get a fill in for, you know, one of the <laughs> biggest rock bands. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> but then the so, question is that. Speaking so, of and, the Midnight Bars, have you come up with any new flavors? Yeah, dude. We're since doing the last time we spoke. Yeah, we're doing dark chocolate toasted coconut actually that's going to be dropping we just ordered the boxes for it so it's like my favorite flavor right now it's fucking ridiculous like toasted coconut pieces with dark chocolate tastes like a kind of a mound bar you know but better Same of a, it was kind of like a samoa type of bar right but we added the caramel for a little bit to do samoa and i i didn't like the caramel i honestly liked it better with toasted and just dark chocolate and i think everybody on my team agreed and uh so that's what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be, you know, coming out with the Midnight Bars in Nevada here soon. So we're probably going to be doing some in there, too. We were also going to be doing like a uh, uh, pumpkin spice. We were going to do it like just in, you know, the fall. But we have a really good recipe and I like pumpkin and I don't care. I'm basic like that. <laughs> I like pumpkin <laughs> and I like it. I'm going to put it on the roster. So I'm probably going to do a pumpkin and a toasted coconut. And uh, and uh, probably you know mess around with like the strawberry lemonade, the raspberry lemonade, maybe uh, peaches and cream. We're just doing something along those lines, <laughs> like a peach bellini, almost like you know, champagne and peach, white chocolate. I like chocolate. So, <laughs> and 
as recreational is quickly approaching, is and are these little steps that you've taken, is it going to be uh, easier and easier to uh, go nationwide when the opportunity arises? Yeah, I, I pray. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. It's not what it's like 49 states are legal and shit like that. So I'm hoping, you know, that would just make interstate travel better because I would be able to ship them to Nevada, be able to ship them to Ohio, ship them. It, it would be amazing. It, it'd be a dream come true if it fucking went federal or like that. And I was actually able to ship them to somebody. Could you imagine? Holy crap. My dad was alive to see me ship some chocolate bars out of state. <laughs> and take taxes in on them and pay the federal government actually taxes on them. And maybe, you know, it'd be really cool would be to claim some shit on my taxes, like anything, like anything, <laughs> you know, I mean, I can't claim a damn thing ever. We pay maximum taxes all the way down to make sure everything is totally covered. I mean, and it's so weird. They view you like you're a damn cartel, or some criminal enterprise still federal government does <laughs> i yeah. hope that they do it you know <laughs> you know i didn't really think about it in this aspect until i asked the question but i really believe it's gonna be a, a plus for you and obviously you cannot i was gonna ask that question but you kind of answered it for me you obviously you're not able to make the bars here in michigan and then send them to Nevada or uh, oh, that's why Colorado right no, that's why Colorado. I'm gonna be you know you know teaching them out there how to do it and coming out there and getting a license out there working out with those guys and stuff and maybe try to bring my bars out there and hopefully go statewide is the only way right to do there's a couple of brands that are in multiple states you know you know a couple of chocolate bars and a couple of things like that so uh, I would love to do it with a federal legalization I mean Jesus Christ it'd be It'd be good. I, I mean, I don't know what they're going to bring with it, if it's going to bring corporate shit and all this. But, you know, if you're if you're a good brand, I say to anybody, it hasn't even started yet. Like there's a lot of room for. Tons of people out there, there's like not a lot of competitions, and if you can make a good product and you back it with good integrity and you make it clean and you make it for the right reasons, you know, people will support you, you know, I mean, I. I will. <laughs> I want to see people do it the right reasons. I mean, that's about the only way to do it. And, you know, I stick to one thing and I try to do it right. <laughs> you know, Magars and Midnight Bars. And, uh, you know, um, I just recommend everybody do the same thing, too, because there's still opportunity in all these states to come out. Oklahoma's got a lot of opportunity right now. You know, there's a lot of opportunity in, in places. There we go. It wasn't letting me unmute there for a second. I still see it as a little bit of a blessing not being able to just set up here and then, you know, ship at this moment because unfortunately it is making you, you know, do two, two different projects. But if you think about it now, it would be more of a blessing when things do pop off recreationally because now you'll have a distributor for the West Coast already in place. You know what I mean? And uh, helping yeah, out yeah, with 100%. the workflow and shipping. 100%. Well, you know, you look at some of the companies that want to bring their 
bars to, you know, scale up. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. If you keep your bars with integrity and make it with a proper SOP and you watch and you control and make it with clean tested material and you care about your products and you care about what you do, um, you can scale up at a proper rate. There's, you know, there, there's companies that do it without going super corporate and selling out all the way. I'm not going to sell out. There's no way. And there's a lot of people out there that are doing it. There's a lot of good brands, you know, that were caregivers in Michigan that are coming out in the, in the state. You know, we all know I could sit here for an hour and name 20 brands and you've had a lot of them on your show, you know, that uh, have integrity and come out and, you know, they, there's going to be a lot of them that are pushed out, you know, but, you know, there, 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 there's a level of how you can work with people there's a level of big business, you know, acumen that comes with it, you know, and that comes in any business. If it's like DJing or music or opening a subway or doing anything, you know, you got to be able to work with people near you. You know, you, you got to be able to do things, you know, and uh, and uh, I hope the people with the right goes in there. There'll be, you know, it's, it's an interesting talk. I, I don't want to go there. <laughs> You know, I'm riding that fine line where I had to go over to that side as quick as I could, you know, because uh, I wanted to get the bars out there. I really did. It was a, it was a, it was a good choice and choice really helped me out a lot and uh, helped me get it out to the metric and I couldn't turn it down. You know, it's a, it's a good opportunity and I recommend it to people and people can do that without getting a license. You know, you create a good product, you can sell your brand, you can sell your trademark, you know, if you properly you know, build an LLC in a business and understand how businesses are built and stuff. You know, you can, you can sell your product to a, a person with a license and you don't need to get it. So if there's people out there that are claiming that they don't, they can't get, you know, in the game and stuff, you know, you just got to learn how to work with people. You got to learn to, you know, give up a little bit to get more, you know, it's better to sell a thousand items at $1 than it is, you know, 10 items at, you know, $10. You know, I mean, if you do it right, it's the whole thing. You got to do it right. It's like anything, anything, you know, <laughs> you know, bad bands, you know, bad restaurants. They're bad. Everything, <laughs> you know, there's evil in the world. There's good and bad people doing it with the right way about wrong reasons. I see it. I see it in just content alone. Be honest with you, the same, the same fine line. Good and bad reasons people do. But uh, so, with that being said, I, I, is anything going on with uh, Midnight Root Genetics side of things? I mean, shit, you're obviously pretty busy. I, I don't know how you spread yourself so thin. Be honest with you, between the genetics, the grow. The edibles, and then find time to have some fun with the plants, uh, recording them like you're doing now. It's that's that's pretty thin there, my friend. That's pretty thin. But uh, is there some good stuff coming on the genetic side of? Uh, well, I work with a lot of people. I, I mean, I'm able to work with people, and I trust people, and I've got good people helping me. I'm not making a lot of the chocolate bars, <laughs> you know. I've got. I've got people that are helping me, right? You know, um, so I'm able to work with people. Um, but uh, the, the, the genetics, I, so I just got my genetics on seedsherenow.com, which is really cool. Um, I've carried a, uh, 
Uh, you know, they're on uh, Genius, you know, Seeds.com. Vegans Beans is now carrying them. Uh, you know, the, the seed seller in Jackson. Um, I've done, you know, a couple really big runs with a couple of the larger places. You know, I've only done a couple of select crosses because I, you know, I breed for myself. <laughs> I, I haven't been running a lot of the lines. Now I'm running a Sunshine Kush cross, right? Or a Stoned Owl cross. And I'm going to be running down those, but I really want to make some crosses and then crack them and make sure that they're not herming and stuff like that. Cause you know, and early on in my day, I released a couple of crosses that, you know, Hermit and I just, it's not a good idea. <laughs> it doesn't look good. So I'd like to uh, stick to just making crosses that I want to grow, right. That I like to smoke. And I, you know, there's a lot of people making the crosses that I would anyways, right. Let's say I wanted to make fucking, you know, Skittles crossed by GMO or something. Jesus Christ, I just bought it today off of Archive. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I want to make, you know, Sunshine 4 crossed by GMO. Well, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, Intergalactic made it last week. And Heavyweight Heads is making a bunch of great crosses with Burner with the Sunshine 4. And, you know, there's like a lot of people are doing a lot of the stuff. So uh, I'm just going to stick with what I like to smoke and make some select crosses and release like one at a time. It's not my big focus. So I can use it as like a hobby slash great outlet because I have some people that are backing me that know that I'm not releasing bunk. If I do release it, it's going to be tested. I'm going to have pictures of it. I'm going to have testers and proof behind it. So like Para, Pennsylvania, uh, Bullseye Cannabis in Ohio. Those are two big places that bought like large amounts of my seeds. And uh, they had germination rates of like 95% and up. It was the top germination rate at both places. Now mine are regular seeds. So you're going to get, you know, male and female, but the germination rates are exceptional on them. I'm, uh, I'm, ex I'm excited with this crosses that I've been releasing. You know, I've got my uh, 4K cross that I was doing that was, I made for my, uh, my sister who passed to cancer. It's the Chem 4 cross by, uh, uh, by, by Fire 18. So, uh, I was, I've been saving that up and I've been making sure that that was stable. And so, um, I'll probably release that sometime, um, soon, but, uh, uh, you know, just playing along with it. Like I said, I've got a lot of things going on. The John Carlos Magar is one of the things that's really working. I think we're going to be doing something with, uh, um, uh, one of the larger name, uh, places out in Nevada too. And uh, I don't want to break it until things are signed and shit. <laughs> right, Brian? Not a good idea <laughs> legally. Or, you know, I'll knock on wood. But, uh, you know, we're probably going to be doing something big out there. And uh, we're very, very excited. We're pretty much a go on it. So hopefully when we do, I'll come back on and tell you about it. But, uh, you know, the, the Magars are doing really well. And uh, um, I'm focusing a lot on those. And they've been a really good product. And uh, there's a big high demand too for them because we're selling them in just shells. So, you know, um, it's a product that I can sell in large quantities and I can sell to people and they're great. It's made hundred percent hemp. We have them with 24 karat gold with rose petal tips. You know, John Carlos is the creator of it. So we've taken the chlorophyll out of it. It's just a really good hemp wrap. Now we've made it with both just the original leaf and with just like a mulch hemp wrap with chlorophyll removed. So it burns super smooth, super easy, white ash, no cardboard taste at all. It's smooth, clean hemp all the way through. And uh, um, it, they're just going great. We've really been developing and working on like uh, improving 
uh, our stuff with it. And I think we've gotten to the level of choice is really helping us too. They're putting out Magars now in the metric market. And so we're probably going to bring them to Nevada soon and that'll be a good one. <laughs> but, the, but the genetics are going well. <laughs> I'm excited to still work with the plants. Like I said, I'm going to just still make a sunshine Kush cross right now is what I'm working on. I'm really working on some sunshine fish crosses. <laughs> so I, I'm curious as I see them awesome high times cups behind you there. Uh, <laughs> I want to, I'm curious to know how you feel about their return to <laughs> like the cup scene without, you know, you, you, you won why it was the little guy still had a chance. You know what I mean? Now, I was the little guy. Around. I was the little guy without the big people and stuff. I went by myself without a booth. I won a first place without even buying a booth and without sponsorship, without any of the stuff. So I tried to prove it to myself that, you know, I, I it was the grower. And at the time, you know, people I know people that tried to buy it. And there was stuff that were easier to buy, like first place glass and people's choice and some of the concentrates and some of the different ones that were easier to get, right? Because you could stack the deck in their favor or, you know, put a bunch of judges in and hopefully they would choose a certain thing and they would know what number yours was. Like people, I've seen people try to do everything in it. I've seen people try to get called out for it. I've seen people I know close try to stack the deck. I was like, man, come on. You know, the whole fun of it is to win. Like it's not to stack it. Like I hate to win like that. Like, tripping somebody when you're running around a track and winning because you trip the guy behind them or something like that. Like I would hate to win like that. I just, it's not winning in my opinion, you know, it's stealing and stuff, but like, I mean, think about it. I don't know what to comment on it. You don't, there's no blind judging anymore. So some of the things that made the cup exciting was that it, there was some integrity in it. And I know that there was some integrity in some of the judging, especially in the flower and the concentrates, man. I mean, I know a lot of judges and I know people took it really seriously. People would fly out from other cities. People took it very seriously. Like it was a big deal. You know, you know, there's always going to be bad seeds and everything and try to get win their thing. It doesn't mean that every single cup was stolen. You know what I mean? Maybe somebody stole something one year or here. Doesn't mean every single person was stealing every cup. There was some legitimacy in it. You know, I know people would stack it, you know, like certain dispensaries would put like 40 entries in. You know what I mean? Like, now you got a good chance of winning when you're putting 20 entries in the Indica category uh, and there's 40 entries or something like that. I mean, you got a you got a good chance of winning. So, you know, there's different ways of doing it, but now it's not, there's, it's all not blind. You can put your sticker on the outside and say what it is and say who you are. So you can, you can just buy judges packs, right. And doing it. Like when I was with the Adam Dunn show and they did that Adam Dunn show invitational, that was like super fun and super really close judging where like the competitors actually judged. And that's what makes it fun. I mean, you're judging art for God's sakes. I mean, this, you know, is it's art. You're grow, you're, it's like dog breeding, you know, it's like cheating at 
you know, dog breeding competition or something <laughs> like Tanya Harding, the dog next to you or something and breaking its legs. So it doesn't win or something like that. Like, I hate that. <laughs> Looking hit Nancy Kerrigan in the head or something like that. So she doesn't win. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to say it's ripe. It's ripe for, <laughs> for unscrupulous people to try to stack the deck in their favor. And if you can't see that as an editor of the, you know, thing, I'm probably not going to enter it. And the entry date is tomorrow at five o'clock. I was thinking about putting the Magara in it or the bar or something, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird at this point, right? I mean, I've got 11 cups and I worked really hard for all of those cups, you know? I mean, I don't know if I need to prove myself against people that are going to, you know, try to stack the deck. And I'm, I'm really secure in my competition state of life right now. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I know my bars are very good. I, they sell well and that, and I, I, I eat them myself. <laughs> you know, I know my flour is good because it's the only weed I want to smoke, you know? Um <laughs> Uh, that's all I need proof for myself. I'll probably enter it. Now, don't get me strained. I fucking love the High Times Cup, and it's it's fun to win a cup, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'll probably enter sometime again. And Jesus, I mean, I've entered a million every single year. I've entered them, and it's always fun to win. And it sucks to watch somebody, you know, beat you. And it's just fun to compete sometimes. And I don't take it too seriously anymore. I'm happy when my friends win, you know, if my friends win, excellent, <laughs> you know, and I hope they win, you know, I hope they deserve the recognition, you know, if the wrong people win, well, you know, Johnny will always sweep the leg, right? Some competition, right? And Daniel will steal his black belt to get to the top, right? I mean, Daniel didn't earn that black belt. He stole it from somebody else and put it on and then went in and fought against the best in the league, got his legs swapped. You know, competition is weird. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm no just heroes. a little let down that it's, they've taken out the little guy, you know. And again, I was actually bummed <laughs> out about that. I heard that aspect of it, to be honest with you. And I was bummed out. I was like, oh, man, high times is, you know, I, it was, I was bummed when they talked about, you know, entering the flower market, using their name to actually enter the flower market. I was like, okay, yeah, that's, ah, you guys are kind of, you know, pushing a little bit there. But then I heard about the cup thing and it only being able to be licensed to be able to get in there. And I thought, well, now we're really getting corporate, you know what I mean? And then, to be honest with you, Midnight, Jake, I've been a judge on three different cups. I know there's some integrity there. So when I'd seen uh, one of the people that helped me get into the judge's spot, and they told me that they were going to be in Michigan for the 428, I was like, really? And then he told me, yeah, but they're selling judges' kits. And I put that with the license thing. And I'm like, oh, well, this is totally gone corporate. You know, who's who's... How, I like you said, rather than stacking the entries, who's not to say that somebody doesn't go out and buy a whole lot of judges packs and 
Here's one for you, one for you, one for you, one for you. You know who you're voting. You know what I mean? At that point, it can, it can easily be bought. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just disappointing. I'll still go. I love the events. I love the networking possibilities. You can't take that away. But as far as the cup and the, and that's another thing too. And I'm not taking anything away from the winners past, but I always thought it would have been cool if high times would have added a little bit more credibility from state to state to state to narrow it down to, you know, the U S cup 50 entries only one wins now you've got a fucking cup winner you know what i mean now you've got some bragging rights but when you run around and give out you know cup award cup award cup award in every town you go to well, they did it? that they they did that every last couple of years they did the world cups right they kind of dropped the ball on a lot of them right but they did the every because we won a, a world cup second place for a pre-roll and it was supposed to be in jamaica and then they ended up having it in Sacramento. And so we flew out to Sacramento to go. But uh, they would take, if you won a top three of the cup in the state, you were allowed to enter into the World Cup. And then they would take, it was supposed to be in Jamaica. I think one year it was in Jamaica and the next year it was in Sacramento. And they only did two of them, right? But that was kind of the idea of it, right? So they tried. I mean, High Times has been a lot of different people. And uh, I mean, I like this high times. I mean, the legacy of high times is I've read it my entire life. And, you know, I, I can't take away from the value of earning a high times cup. I've, I've worked for it all my life. I've got two on my mantelpiece right back here. And, you know, <laughs> I, it's something that I uh, raised to my, I'll take to my gravestone that I won. And, you know what I mean? It's a, it's an honor that I always cherish. And, but you're right. These in the spirit of competition, right like the holy sacredness of the judge and it being you know blind and it being an actual competition where nobody knows what they're judging they're just judging the best thing that they're that they open and it's not because you know uh you know whoever's on the fucking package with his name smiling there and you know or this guy's over here it comes with the fucking you know whatever on it a fancy thing you're actually judging the product you know that's the sacredness of the whole competition so you're right it is disheartening i'll probably still enter in the next future right i'll probably play along and you know uh you know just play along because I am on the legal market now. So I do get it. You know, I mean, I am on the legal market, so I can't enter. <laughs> I just didn't enter this time, but um, it is, it is weird. Like the whole caregiver putting it up against it. I mean, that argument too. I mean, the caregivers created the legal market. There would be no legal market if it wasn't for the people that took the risk and went out on the risk and, you know, fought for its independence and it's, you know, it's there's a war still on us. Like seventy billion dollars is still given to the fucking DEA to fucking find out who we are and keep records on us and you know, look at us like we're criminal enterprises, you know, we're just trying to like, you know, raise our kids and you know, have a good day and you know <laughs> pay our bills too. You know, it's it's 
<clears throat> you know. <laughs> I get it's lost sometimes. It is a great day that we can, uh, you know, make make a living in this beautiful industry that is the cannabis industry. But the question very, then is, you know, close. should very caregiver grateful. should caregivers be allowed to uh, enter against you know legal grows? You know, of course. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, although. The only argument is I just realize they have to, as well as the legal grows, they got to pay the 500 bucks for the uh, damn metric testing because that sucks. I mean, you know, THC testing back in the day, Jesus Christ, the testing facilities and stuff to test, you know, all the all the products that were entered into the cup. You know, hundreds and hundreds of products at one time were entered at one time, and 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 they would just be like the forty dollar, thirty dollars THC tests to see it. You know, they weren't tests for, like nowadays, it's for heavy metals and fungicides and a mold test and you know the whole gambit of everything they test for. So, if caregivers enter, I just believe that they need to be able to pass the same tests that everybody else has to pass. I mean, that's about fair. Right. I don't think they should be cut out if they're legal. I mean, Jesus, everybody should be able to fucking enter if it's recreational. Right. I mean, everybody can grow 12 plants if you're over 21. Right. I mean, why is it all of a sudden legal? Why is we just talking about caregivers? We're we're on three different, you know, shit going on right now. We got the legal market. Everybody's allowed 12 plants. Why can't my grandma enter? You know, why does she need why does she need to have a license? She can grow some shit as long as she can pass the light, the, the, the test, right? <laughs> That's the way it should be. You should be able to, like, like, you were talking about breeding stuff just for yourself. You know, if you if you grow, if you cultivate something that's just the prettiest flower you've ever seen, and you grow just enough for yourself, you should be able to take it to high times if you're willing to pay for the testing and all that good stuff. And go. Uh, I want to put this up with the big boys. I want to see, you know, if this flower is as good as I think it is. It, you're right. It should be. So we did. Yeah, that's what we did when I entered. You know, I was entering up against, you know, the big names of the business. You know, all the people that had a lot of dispensaries all over the state. You know, and you know, had a lot of people following them and shit like that. We all know who was going around. Hell, half them are still operating, you know? <laughs> you know, there's a couple still operating um, in caregiver places. So there's still some like, you know, weird gray area going on in the world, you know? I mean, I, I, I think it should just be legalized and and... It, it just needs to be regulated like everything. Like if you want to start a beer company or you want to start a, a food company or you want to start a restaurant and go sell your asparagus shoots or something down the street, you know, you got to get them tested. You can't, you know, have fucking dog shit on those. And, you know, you grew them with your special recipe, human feces and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like you gotta like, there's gotta be some regulation. I mean, I hate to say that, but I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, it's gotta, you can't, if we're all subject 
to that strict regulation and I got to get my bars tested, the distillate I got, you know what I mean? Everybody's got to get those tests so we don't, you know, give you fucking powdery mildew and spider mite poop and fungicide and pesticide Eagle 20 sprayed all over the shit, you know, and, you know, avid everywhere, you know, you're just drenching your plants, man. I laughed because, you know, 10 years ago, I remember some of the biggest name in the business swearing, and I've got video of the biggest names in business swearing that they would spray Eagle 20 on their plants and the flowering faces all the way up. And they recommended everybody do it because that's how they passed all their tests and stuff. I mean, all the biggest in Colorado and places like that, like the shit some of us have consumed, if you've been consuming since the 90s and 80s. (laughs) I just got to say that, though. I mean, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I bought some pretty fucking bad brickweed in my day. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I try not to even think of that. In comparison to what we're smoking right now, holy shit. (laughs) It's just so much better, you know? You'd rarely run upon it, you know? The hemp that I get now is better than some of the fucking weed I would get in the fucking late 90s and early 90s. You know, you can get some really good hemp now. Have you ever gotten high-grade hemp? I've actually made a couple of purchases of some good hemp to actually see what it was about. And it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad tasting. It actually didn't get me high, but it seemed to, like, just knock the edge off as far as, like, the anxiety. It was, it was enjoyable. It wasn't terrible by any means. In fact, I was just uh, talking with the guy I was working with the other day, and he was telling me how uh, his wife was loving it as far as different things, you know, calming down, the taste of it and everything. And I was like, really? She smokes, you know, regular THC cannabis as well. It's, it was interesting to hear that they were still enjoying that. They were, Basically, they were trying to tit for tat with cigarettes with the, the hemp. I, I would recommend hemp over cigarettes. Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, tobacco is ridiculous. <laughs> we all know that. So the shit that people actually do consume, you know, I mean, are you kidding me? McDonald's? <laughs> Some of the fucking oh, shit you get. So, terrible. Terrible. but I mean, I'm, I feel, I feel terrible every time I eat that shit. I always wonder why that cheese won't melt. Why don't McDonald's cheese melt anymore? It's almost like glass. Preservatives, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, it's interesting stuff. McDonald's cheese. <laughs> just like their pink slime right they don't use pink slime anymore right yeah. I want to know why I think they're just like at this point dump giving you garbage like I'm a huge unfortunately I hit the McDonald's I don't eat there a lot but I <laughs> I, I prefer their coffee they make it these stuff <laughs> Jesus Christ, I uh, just realized how much my Vente Mocha that I get at a Starbucks has in sugar in it. You know, it has like 
like 45 grams of sugar in that thing. <laughs> That's like two and a half fucking cans of Mountain Dew. And it's got like 180 grams of fucking caffeine in it. I mean, I was like jumping off the rounds. I was bouncing off the wall. You know how much, you know how much uh, fucking Coke, Coca-Cola used to have in it? In a 16 ounce glass? Like three and a half grams. Holy shit. <laughs> That's what I say. You gotta be shitting me. Like that, that it's insane to even think. People were jumping off the reds, ready to go to war, bouncing off the fucking wall, doing the jitterbug. You wonder why the jitterbug was so popular back then? <laughs> just drinking coke, just freaking out. <laughs> Their legs just shaking and shit. I don't get me wrong. I understand why they changed the recipe. I'm just surprised that as consumers, they were like, they let them. It seems like you got people by the balls like that. They'd be like protesting outside the factory. You ain't changing shit. <laughs> oh, they did. They did. They did. Did they? I mean, if you studied, if you studied the prohibition era, right? The era where they they removed that. I mean, you could buy like needles and heroin and coke and all that shit through sears catalogs and stuff right morphine and jars and you could buy everything through mail order it was not legal for that was not illegal until like you know the prohibition era with the alcohol prohibition then it kind of the mothers and against drug drive that, that whole like era where they wanted their uh, husbands to come home from the the, the industrial factories a lot. They would go out to late nights. So they, you know, you know, and then there was a lot of, you know, racism in there too, where they were doing the Anslinger laws and trying to, you know, you know, go to, go, going against the South and the marijuana stuff. But a lot of that stuff was, uh, was, was the cause of all that shit. You know, we'd still have Coca-Cola right now. If, <laughs> if they allowed it, Oregon will probably have it soon. Right. Right, Oregon yeah. legalized all drugs, right? Oregon can have classic Coke, right? <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, Oregon can have all that shit, right? Oregon's legally decriminalized all drugs. So if that's legally decriminalized, I mean, we had dispensaries popping up of weed before it was legal. And we used to argue online that we have, if it's legal or decriminalized, you have to have access for it. How are you going to get your fucking drugs? Right? How are you going to get your coke or whatever drugs you want to claim it? So you can't just get it from the cartel. You're going to have to get it from somewhere, right? I mean, you're going to have to get it from a dispensary or shit. You you can have you can legally possess it, right? Like like weed in 2008, right? Or when you didn't have any dispensaries, right? You could get the medical card. I was like the 50th person to get it or something. I mean, I was right on it. I know somebody was like the eighth person to get it. Like I was signing up as soon as it was available, um, and. Uh, I, you have to you have to have a place to get it it was weird because you'd have a medical card but you could never buy it from anywhere right you could never get it so everybody's like how do you get your weed you know you have to grow it so they would always assume you grew it because you had a card you have to grow your own weed right so <laughs> right yeah, that's the only way to get it right so if you got a if it's legal to to possess all drugs logically you got to have a way to get it. I don't know anybody that goes grows cocoa plants, right? Or grows like opium little dens in their 
closet they've got like a fucking opium field or something like that so they can have their fucking heroin which is legal in oregon right <laughs> i mean you got to have a way to get it so in like you know um venezuela or where are the other ones that decriminalized it there's a couple of places right um is it puerto rico or <clears throat> one of those places that decriminalized like amsterdam did they used to have the um clinics that you used to went in you know you'd go in and they could educate you while you go in and get it you know there'd be posters on the wall you walk in and you go to a nurse and you get a room to do it in and they give you some you know government sanctioned crystal meth or something like that you'd go do it in the room and leave you know like you know it's legal in other parts of the world right amsterdam and shit like that that's still legal so you got to be able to do it right there's a couple other places in the world that are maybe your chat or something somebody in your chat room can google search that <laughs> where it's legal but you know they're doing a lot of different things like that right um decriminalize them the whole gambit you're gonna have to get it legally i mean i don't care if your mama hates it hey we can hate coke all you want i don't do it i don't fucking touch that shit like i don't condone it either but there's somebody fucking out there doing it i don't care who you are and there's a huge market for it the cia traffic it all fucking day and there's a bunch of people that funded right white boy rick and rock rick ross they didn't have big fucking cocoa fields down you know downtown and they didn't have basements full of fucking hid lights growing cocoa plants and fucking processing it in their fucking garage and shit like that like how'd they get it how'd they get it where'd they get that much it came from somewhere right you know escobar obviously and those guys down there but he was obviously working with the cia and those guys were all big huge little thingamajiggy going on there but uh, you have to get it from somewhere. So <laughs> that whole drug war is like, that's the first step of that drug war is Oregon. You know, they're like the tipping point, right? If that starts spreading, right? You know, legalization of marijuana goes everywhere and they federally legalize marijuana. Well, they're going to have to do the same thing with, with all drugs. I mean, you can't have the cartels running just the Coke fields and the afghani opium fields i mean our troops come home all the time they protect the opium fields over there why are we protecting opium fields why don't we just allow them to grow them and sell them on a legal market and have them regulated by somebody that's what the government does right they regulate that shit that's what their job is rather than busting us for it <laughs> destroying fucking families and shit they should regulate that shit do some education and not fucking destruction but <laughs> I honestly think the the as far as that kind of weirdness or that mentality, not weirdness, bad choice of words, but uh, that mentality goes. I believe that uh, the rec push for recreational is a, an attempt from the pharmaceutical companies to uh, be able to keep their grip on people. You know what I mean? Right now, as a plant gets pushed as a medicine, they'll they'll never win the fight. Well, we we obviously know marijuana has its you know uh, healing powers, but if they can push it through recreationally, there they can keep pushing their poisons and kind of quiet people by letting them get what they want. But then again, it's kind of the sleight of hands. Okay, you guys can get what you want, but let us keep you addicted pushing your our poisons to you you know and i think once the recreational comes through i think they're gonna 
you know, snuff out all the home grows because it's recreational. Like now it's regulated. You're going to have to buy it from us. You don't need it as a medicine. It's recreational. Nobody goes. You know what I mean? I think they're going to slide a hand a little bit on the, the recreational side. Um, they, I don't think they're stopping the marijuana thing. I think it's already almost like 50 states right now. You're right. I mean, yes, they could, they could be giving it to us, right? If that's the argument, right? But uh, I mean, the, the, the argument against legalization of all drugs being is that like, I mean, we have Oxycontin legal, but heroin illegal, right? But cocaine is legal for eye surgeries and people have gotten it on eye drops. I know people who had cocaine eye drops before. Maybe you give it for doing eye drops to numb eyes. And there's other medical uses for meth, you know, Ritalin and stuff like that. Like those are all schedule two. You know what I mean? Marijuana is schedule one. So if marijuana breaks the floodgates down, it's going to topple everything down. That's the big thing. It's like, it's, it's just the lies are going to come up fold because I mean, the whole thing is the scheduling thing. Like, oxycontin right you know vicodin these different things we, we have to just like literally let people know what they are so kids know what their parents are fucking getting into or you know everybody knows what they're doing there's no hiding there's no going down to the city to collect weird shit or doing different things in weird shady areas of town or doing things like that or you know <laughs> it's uh it, it, it's that it's that argument for uh you know, total regulation, because if they are, they want control, if you're saying they're giving us this thing and this and that, they, they, the whole war on drugs is their control. It's that buying it and selling it back to us and then busting us with it and then selling it back to us again and then busting us with it, with it, selling it back to us again and then busting it with us. Right. You know, um, uh, Um, I don't I know. Do I have appreciate some... the, the my mentality of like legalizing them all because, um, and again, I'm not an advocate for a lot of that use. Like you said, you know, I, I smoke marijuana, dabble with the occasional microdose. That's it. That's all I need. You know what I mean? Good. Good. All schedule one. What, what we've seen, <laughs> and unfortunately, is another aspect that you brought up as well is like the cartel aspect of it. You know, we've kind of seen it a little bit with cannabis. You know, when we pull out that money that they've had control of for so long and we make it to where, well, you don't have to buy it from the cartels anymore. You can grow it in your backyard, smoke better quality. You know, we talked about the brick wheat. They lose the money. They, that money is lost and it's, you know, they come up with a new idea to make money. The market shifted and unfortunately, what it happens usually is they just switch to something worse. I mean, you mentioned meth. I mean, that's usually they they just take their money and concentrate it and flood your town with something else toxic. And if you make it all legal, you need to pull the rug out from under them all the way and start educating. You know what I mean? I think that would be a better stance uh, against fighting it all the way around as far as, you know, taking the money out from underneath the cartels all at once. I, I think that would be the most effective way if you're looking to get rid of that type of environment as well. Well, you're going to, um, I mean, a lot of people don't have any fucking idea, you know, why a family would swim over a fucking mine infested fucking 
you know, river and send their kids out on a boat in the middle of nowhere and become refugees into a country and go through everything it takes to fucking escape a country because it's so bad back there because they're getting killed and there's horrible things happening, you know, and all of that is caused by the war on drugs and other countries and shit. Could you imagine if, I mean, just like fast forward fucking whatever we think it's going to take to legalize all drugs, you know, let's say it's 30 years. Okay. All of a sudden all drugs are like Oregon where you can possess a little bit of everything, Well, you'd have to get your fucking drugs somewhere and it'd just be like any other drugs, you know, they would still grow those if that drug was still unnecessary. There could be cocaine fucking restaurants and shit. There could be a fucking, you know, meth, you know, bar where you go play pool and do meth and shit. You know, that could be legal. Like, you know, like it would be acceptable to do these different things and stuff like that. If, if it was really acceptable to do them recreationally, if people weren't doing them as an escapism thing, you know, but people don't do that. Like you don't have meth halls and coke houses and i mean i guess you do some place if you call them a club or something but <laughs> i mean like you know i mean like you know ecstasy places and different types of drugs that you do as a party drug or something like that you know um and, you know if they were all legal you would stop cartel trafficking you would stop people taking over entire towns now they might still grow those drugs or how they might switch over to tomatoes or growing natural food and shipping it out or there might be so many things that could happen from that but yeah, making it illegal would just takes out that fucking illegal aspect, that cartel, that fucking black market instantly. And then it makes it really hard to have anything illegal, you know? <laughs> it really saves a lot. It's a tough one, you know? Legalization of all drugs. That's a, t that's a tough libertarian perspective, right? <laughs> Well, as far as my opinion, something like that will never happen in the United States as long as we have. And I'm getting, I, 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 these, it did. I actually, I don't even, the, the don't even want to As long as we have privatized prisons, you know, that shit will never be cleaned up. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. We did in 1920, you know, before prohibition, right there in the roaring 20s. Right there, and when they were doing those crazy fucking dances, all hyped up on Coca Cola, you know, they were fucking flying off the winds. They had they were been partying, and then they shut that shit down. Like it was legal to do everything. There was a time when you could, if you made LSD in the '60s, that was all legal. Like you could travel around with fucking jars of LSD before they illegalized it. You know, but now all, all drugs are legal. You know, they would. They would travel over. My dad was taking LSD over into fucking Iran and Afghanistan in the early 70s, you know, taking jars of it. They had no idea what it was. There was nobody checked anything. There was no traveling through a fucking metal detector or anything like that. You know, <laughs> you know, he would laugh. It was just you get on a fucking plane. If you can afford to fly to fucking Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah, things are definitely different these days. Yeah, things are a little different nowadays, right? With the deep state, the fucking prison complex, it's a little different. Now, <coughs> simulation theory and cattle theory, right? I like cattle theory. <laughs> I just made that up. You can probably identify what that is. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of ideas for that theory, but, uh, you know, realistically, when it all comes down to it, um, you know, in the end, uh, 
you know, time is the actual question. So if you keep looking at it like a timeline, you you keep have you, you know, you have a you 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 list you limit your fucking view because uh, you gotta just like I said, that's why you had me on here to make this music with these plants, right? Just taking a second to fucking utilize technology, not be afraid of the AI, even make music with it. You know what I mean? Take the simulation and write a song with some fucking AI programmed, you know, arpeggio, right? And then make a song with it or something like somehow make beauty of it, you know, somehow find the fucking good in it. Because in every sword, there's a fucking edge that will fucking strike down an enemy or a fucking foe or a fucking, you know, <laughs> so, you know, there's a good side or a bad side to everything. Will it fucking in the end? That's where those movies Terminator come in. Will it fucking in the end kill us all? I don't know. Has it already killed us? <laughs> so that's where it comes down to, right? So will it or has it already? And I kind of just keep going back and forth. Like it doesn't really matter because that's a, that's a concept of how you look at time, right? You know, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> we can't even tell off who we are we could be a brain in a vat i just like to smoke this pot or the fucking avatar creator likes to smoke it <laughs> but i mean really you know getting freaked out and getting anxious and getting paranoid about are we a brain in a vat you know is one of the weird things about it if you think about it like that you know i mean i try not to get anxious and paranoid and fearful and stuff i mean this entire time i've been essential making you know things you know anything could happen at any fucking time you know my sister died of cancer a couple times so you know it, are we used as batteries a cattle probably <laughs> right i mean we have a social security number right we have all that stuff you know what, what if you were a fucking uh sheep in a fucking a pen and you could you know make art or you can just you know wait your turn or you can jump, jump the fucking farmer and take over the fucking pen, right? Is this animal farm incarnated, right? <laughs> the, the book, you know, I mean, you know, it's a political game. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I think we live in a fucking strong time. And as long as, uh, as long as I can speak up and have these conversations and smoke pot, you know, and speak out against our freaking current, you know, weird person in charge or whatever's going on or say weird things without getting thrown into a gulag you know i, I i'm a little happy <laughs> you know i should be in a gulag by now <laughs> right i mean jesus christ <laughs> you know um so uh i mean you know I, I try to look at the bright side of it a lot of my, I've got a lot of friends and I've got a lot of people that I trust close to me that I, I, I help and that help me out getting to a next level to where we're all successful and, you know, can win at this game or whatever it is, or can at least support ourselves at this weird chess game that we have to play. Um, but, you know, there's a certain little bit of rules we have to make in it. We got to make a little bit of money to pay our bills. And <laughs> we got to take care of the people around us, you know, and we got to not, you know, kick dogs. And we got, <laughs> you know, we got to, you know, do uh, special things and grow good weed and not fucking sell pesticide covered weed to people and, you know, you know, be kind to people, um, you know, but even in a game, you know, that could be real. I play a lot of fucking games and, you know, this could be a game 
couldn't be. I do like talking to you about it. I have to say that it's always fun. I rarely get to have these conversations late at night. So <laughs> I appreciate dwelling into them, you know, they're, they're good. You get, it's good to even think about it. You know, like I like Westworld. Have you seen Westworld on HBO? Uh, unfortunately, I don't watch like zero TV. I watch it, but you know what I watch? And you probably laugh your ass off when I tell you there's one thing I watch. One thing out of the whole fucking year. One show. That's it. That's it. It was on tonight. I'll give you a hit. It was on tonight. I missed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't watch TV either. <laughs> what is it? No. There's some Oak Island. What is it? What is it? I didn't hear you. I watch it every week. One, the one and only show I watch. I didn't hear you. What did you say? Curse of Oak, the Curse, Curse of, of Oak, Oak Island. Island. Oh, I, I didn't. Yeah. I don't. I haven't never watched it. Is it good? It's. It's interesting. It's getting better. Fucking <laughs> season season eight. It's the, it's the payoff year. It's the payoff year. You should check out like, West, you should check out Westworld. What if, what's Westworld about? If, if you if you watch Simulation Theory, Westworld is about um a bunch of people. And there's a movie back in the 70s about it, too. So it was already done in three different movies back in the 70s. But it's now a series on HBO. They've had, I think, three series now, three seasons. So it's not that long of a binge watch. But it's basically about people that are wealthy, pay, let's say, $50,000 for a weekend. And they can go into this world that these people have created in like, let's say a hundred world years and they've created AI robots and clones that look just like humans and react just like humans and are really smart, they're AI. And you can't tell them apart from humans. And there's people that live in this world and there's just things that happen, loops and crazy things like that. So it's people that pay to go live inside a world that's populated by AIs. And there's other people outside creating and fucking with that world and then there's obviously people that are creating and fucking with that world and uh it's just if you're into simulation theory and you're into ai you like need to see that movie because it's like every theory that you're having embodied into one i mean it's cloning it's simulation it's ai it's narratives it's everything that you would play out in this scenario and it's watched and they it's just AI creatures and they're like humans. And it's the, you know, the philosophy between what is uh, AI or what is human and what is consciousness and what is soul and how does it determine how is a human any different than a fucking super highly advanced AI. <laughs> I was still a little slow on the mute button there. Sorry about that. But yeah, it sounds like a good show. Uh, I'm definitely interested in all of the above, man. I, as far as, yeah, I think you're you're right as far as the two similarities, the spirituality and the AI kind of running similar right now, fighting. Because I've noticed that. I mean, the push is real. I notice that a lot of people are looking towards spirituality uh, more and more. But again, the speed of the AI is coming, you know, every day as well. 
So I think you're right that that race is parallel. And I think, do you think we'll have to come to a point where it is red pill, blue pill? If we haven't already came to it. Will blue pill be the the spirituality, the the link that we're all kind of searching for that's in moment right now? I think, you know, that's... Well, I don't know. It's a huge movement right now. That's what... uh... I believe that's what Elon Musk is saying, where he thinks that we should probably just merge with it, where we should just take the benefits of AI, like extended life or the ability to have Neuralink, where you can connect with the internet and messaging and all of the things that you would have in a phone in your brain. You know, I, I'm, I don't want to do it, right? But if you had that in your brain, you'd be an advanced AI yourself with the human in it so he's trying to like kind of merge it instead of like the ai just saying fuck a human i mean what use do we have to it other than we can repair it i mean you know what i mean like i mean we're there's we're, we're some crazy creatures right we can play some you know songs have you seen like the ai make the kurt cobain song or ai making music or anything like that or have you ever seen like deep space nine with data and he's like a singer and he like does shows and like people just watch him and go watch him sing classical music because he can sing like nine things at once and shit like that. <laughs> he can sing like a Gregorian chant or something like that, you know, and people are just blown away by what he can do because you can't do that in a human voice. And he can just play octaves and do things that are just impossible, you know, and he takes his inspiration from every piece of music that has ever been written, right? You know, so he just, he is like all artists in one, right? And that's how it's a weird way to look at it, right? But does he have his own soul and his self, right? Does he have his own creativity? Can he actually create something original? Could a computer create something original? No, it couldn't create something original. But could it take, you know, everything and create something original? Yes. But could a human create something original? I don't know. I guess that's the ultimate question. Were we programmed to know what we did? Or were we just like Adam and Eve and we just learn how to make music one day? Pick up a flute and all of a sudden they're like, oh, check this out. I mean, when did fucking humans learn how to play fucking guitar and shit like that? Like, I want to know the first person to play a fucking, you know, a song to this buddy. Like, check this shit out. <laughs> you know, was it a fucking drum beat? You know, is that the first fucking song? You know, I mean, like, when did song evolve? You know, and would AI actually develop song and develop a sweet track? What would would I like a song that an AI wrote someday? Probably, especially techno. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> Sounds like a computer wrote it half the time, anyways. <laughs> right? You know. So would that feeling that you get, you ever have, have that feeling that uh, when you met somebody that you may have met them before, you know what I mean? Or, you know what I mean? They have a past experience, maybe in a, you always hate to say it, different life, past life or whatever. Or do you think when you're having that experience, if it was like an AI, that feeling you have is... I mean, could it, I, it, I, I don't know how you'd be able to explain it. 
if it were an AI. You know what I mean? It would you would have to well, read, you be able it? to read the code ahead of time, and that would foil the. You know what I mean? Would it be a chemical um, reaction? I mean, could it just be a serotonin release? Could some people explain it with a, you know, and a, a, a special love hormone? What's that called? Oxytocin and dopamine and serotonin released at the same time. And all of a sudden you have this feeling and you get this pleasurable feeling. Like, I mean, I have a philosophy to, to class where they would literally debate it. If we were a brain in a vat, would you know it? Right. I mean, so, you can, you can probe people's brains and make them think that they're on fucking like an island in the Brahamas and they'll sit there and feel a Corona in their hand and drink it and they'll taste it. And they can, they can do all of that shit, you know? So oh, that'll be even more real when Neuralink comes on, you just download your vacation. And just, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so do you think with that being said that, you know, He's able. He's maybe seen that uh, that uh, ahead of time. You know what I mean? He's like, we gotta join the team now. Well, he, <laughs> wants, he mean? wants to go to Mars. He, Elon Musk wants to go to Mars. He's like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that's the kind. Of, that's the kind of way I see it, though, man. Well, that yeah, that might be part of it too. Get out while we got the chance. We're already <laughs> yeah, that's open what he the says. door. There's no, there's no closing it. Let's get the fuck out. But I kind of think that's what, but with, well, well, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way now. Think about this. Is Neuralink A, like a, a, you know, you can't, you can't beat them, join them type thing. They won't kill us off if we get in now. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Sure. If they know our so, thoughts at all, if they know our thoughts at all time. Well, that's scary, but and again, like say with Neuralink, that you know, if that is the plan, you know what I'm saying? If that is the plan to get the hell away out, out of here, so we could, you know, get away from it. Now, if we're if they're that intelligent and we've got them implanted in our, it's like we've got a seed. We can run as far as I want to, but if that's the case. The AI is that smart, and we all operate off frequency. What's from them to go? Ah, get back here! <laughs> I hit the button. Come on home. Uh, come on home. I bought. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think it's very far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they have, if they have that in there, they could even make it explosive. You know, they could release a lot of electricity in there there could be a lot of things that could happen that could glitch your matrix if you've ever watched black mirror right they have those types of things in black mirror the twilight zone type of thing right where you have it implanted and it just goes too much and it makes you go crazy or you know you just can't ever you get addicted to the feed right they called it the feed right just this constant feed of information to you just this constant flow and flow and feed you're just getting fed stuff constantly all day programming and what you're supposed to believe and see and be scared of and see and think and believe and be scared of and <laughs> you know but it's um i mean it's it's pretty much it goes on anyways you know um but the but the the real question the whole thing like when i sit here and talk to my mom about this type of thing and have these deep conversations with her and uh you know and she's like is there anything you can do about it 
<laughs> you know, I mean, if there isn't, then you kind of have to learn how to play the game, right? Like, or you're going to go crazy, right? Like, have you ever seen the movie Soul? Right? The movie Soul? You should go see that movie. It's a movie, uh, it's a Disney movie. It's about, like, a blues player in the city who uh, explains um, to... He goes into the place, into disassociative place, and he explains to a soul who's stuck there, stuck in this brain fart, like you could say, in a different frequency, why it's good to be a human. And even if it is a simulation, whatever you think, why it's good to be that, then it sticks, like you said, to experience that uh, feeling when you play a song with people or... Uh, when you see a friend you haven't seen in a long time, and that even if it is a chemical release, you know, it is something that a human can only respond to. Does a, does a lion feel that when he sees you? Probably, right? You know, does a dog feel that when it sees you after it hasn't seen you for five years? I've seen the videos of people coming home from war, you know, and seeing their dog and their dog just freaks out and their head explodes, you know? <laughs> right you know and you know I've, I've seen all that stuff you know i mean yes obviously people have a lasting impressions and stuff like that you know so there is this lasting soul moment and there is this place you go and this thing you can go and you know soul can go into different things and you know and is there a difference between soul and ai you know there really is and that's really where this the, the idea should begin when you're kind of like depressed I get in that AI mode where I'm just like, you know, it's all under control. It's all going to be controlled. But I mean, if they really were in control or they really were going to be in control, there would be a reason why they would keep us alive. Let's look at it that way. <laughs> and it's probably because we have a soul <laughs> and that thing is worth something. Right. So do you sell your soul? Right. Do you sell your soul? How do you what do you do with your soul? Do you just waste it away? Do you, you know, work for somebody forever? Do you, you know, do you fucking die with it? Do you fucking make something out of it? Do you make something for your kids to have an easier life in the soul world and stuff? You know, you you know, I mean, I've I've sat there and thought about, you know, if they can kill a president live on TV, they can do anything. Right. You know, <laughs> if they can kill JFK and a thing and do and lie about it and all that shit and they can you know do anything they want you know up to wherever we go with that you know um you know it's it's then it's probably better like then to uh kind of enjoy it while it's there then right <laughs> yeah I, I do agree and i think that again i link back to the manifestation utilize them that link that's you know but again to the 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 question you asked if there's no soul or soul versus AI, why would they keep us alive? This is, the, this is what I hinted to back in the, the original question of assimilation is why would they keep us alive? We're 0.5. We're version 0.5, brother. And think about it. Just as I said, if we, if we were all assimilation, would we ever know about it? The guy answered the question. No, we wouldn't because there was so many going on at once. So why wouldn't they kill us off? Because we're teaching it currently with the data of us. You know, we're simulation on simulation. I'm a simulation. You're a program feeding the system a different perspective, feeding it. 
You know what I mean? I'm a different release, different perspective, seeing how things interact, teaching it on another level. Basically, so many Sims related released all at once, teaching a master AI. And again, this can solve for conversation and fun sakes. <laughs> but it is very plausible that uh, that's why we all have our own perception and view of reality because we're programmed to have our own simulation to feed back to the AI, our own individual experience. You know what I mean? It's so, teaching it the rights I, and wrong and correcting it with each one released, you know, each child released. We fixed the glitch in the matrix. Here's another sim to relate, you know, to fix what we've, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of plausible, to be honest with you, until it singularity hits. Then, like you said, then once it hits that point, as Elon Musk says, we're no longer needed. We built the system. The Sims have created the ultimate master brain. You know what I mean? It's scary when you kind of think about it like that. But I do smoke pot and fucking love to think about it. I love the way I, I do love to entertain these thoughts. But it's, you know, I hope, you know, and then what do you, do you fear it? No, no. All you can do is smoke, laugh about it, and go, I hope that ain't right. <laughs> I hope that ain't right. I hope that ain't right. <laughs> well, what do you think would uh, be a uh, soul then in the simulation? Soul in assimilation. That's that'd be a tough one to explain. Again, I would think that every would relate back to the individual program, you know, the individual sim. That's your soul, is your sim. Your individual release feedback into the master creator. You know what I mean? Is released one by one as individuality. It's so it's so it's been individual as the individual. It's so unwarm to think that way, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. It's yeah, cold. It is. It's very uh, it's a cold version of reality that is like metallic. You know, it's very tin-like. I'm sure the vibration given off from thinking like that is very high, like a snare. You know, very very rattling. Very you know very ting ting you know very metallic right there's other ways to kind of view um the reality like i said you know because in in explaining that you said everything is perception first of all so the only way you're describing it is because of perception and that's why i said do you know virtual reality a lot because have you been in virtual reality a lot and you've seen the difference between reality and virtual reality you know when you touch stuff in virtual reality what it feels like you know, when you fall in virtual reality, what it feels like when you watch horror movies in virtual reality, what it feels like when you watch sporting events like racing and basketball. It's amazing. You'd fucking shit your pants if you haven't seen a racing game NASCAR right on the side of the thing with the NASCAR guys riding by you super fast in virtual reality. You can look around and see it. It's fucking mind blowing. But is it real? No, not at all. I don't think it's real. I think it could be part of our uh, part of uh, the other side where they want to keep our soul, like 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 a like a vessel, maybe. If you're going to look at it like the Matrix theory, like that. But there has to be a difference, in my opinion, between the tin 
and the snare and then the warm sounds like the bass notes and the and the chords and the guitar harmonies and they they all might exist at the same time like you said like a like a tv show uh and one's channel 20 and one's channel 50 and one's channel six and one's channel five right they all probably exist at the same time there probably is an ai show like if you watched deep space nine or star trek enterprise there was a a borg area a borg planet right that was ran by a mass ai that tried to control the entire universe and it was running everything and then there was a planet of you know peaceful loving creatures that you know were made of fur and they were furbies and they were super highly intelligent small little furry balls right and then they all they ever knew was peace because they couldn't even defend themselves right you know what i mean that's all they ever knew was love and peace and that's all they gave off and they were just warm like balls of fur right you know and then you know you went to these different areas and you know, each one is an existence or a vibration that you want to harmonize with and live in. And thinking that TIN program and the AI, you know, if you really know anything about DMT and you don't really know anything about the fractal, that would be just the vibration that you're going to guess. Because as a philosophy person, you don't know what you actually think you know. And if you know, you think you, it's AI, you're a complete falsification of everything you know because you don't know that you're AI. And if you were AI, you wouldn't know. And you've already proved yourself. If you were in a simulation, you wouldn't know. So if that means that if you weren't in a simulation, you wouldn't know either. So why hold on to that theory if you already believe the theory that we're a ball or a balloon and we're just fingers pushing through that balloon experience itself, right? So it's so implicitly rolled upon itself and fourth dimensional that when you watch the movie Westworld that I'm going to go tell you to watch again and I'll text you to watch it there's a programming in the AI that doesn't allow it to question its own reality it will never question what it is and if it does it stops and it just shuts down and they have to either reprogram it or start it back up again or they, or it does other things. It goes to other things. And, you know, if you really get to certain places and you say we're simulation, you stopped questioning our reality. They gave you a diversionary tactic from questioning your reality. And it's probably a thousand times more intense than you would ever imagine if you've ever done DMT or he had a near-death experience or viewed what life without time would be. Right. And it does not always exist with an AI and an AI might be part of it, just like metal and iron and ore and rust and gold and silver is part of the, uh, uh, you know, the elements of the life and the, the earth that lives, but also, you know, birds and humans and soul and warmth and water and sun and all these other things exist, too. And there'll be silicon creatures if you go to some planets and carbon-based life forms if you go to other planets, right? And, you know, gold-based life forms. If you watch some of these Star Trek episodes, they've explored this idea of what would exist on different planets if different elements existed and flourished and ran with it, right? You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so uh, you know, the silicon existence would exist. And I love to explore that because I play a lot of video games myself and I play virtual reality. I know what it's like to experience virtual reality a lot. Um, but you can't grasp onto that fucking, you can't grasp onto that theory, man. It, it, it will, uh, it'll eat you alive sometimes and drive you into fear. You know, there's a, just understanding that the soul exists and the soul could 
be transferred into a silicon-based life form, or let's say a titanium-based life form, or a gold-based life form, or that soul could be interacted with the Neuralink, like you know uh, Elon Musk wants to do, or that soul could be collected and then never experience death or change or evolution or the things that happen if you've ever studied multiple lives multiple people, multiple personalities, like I mentioned before, where the soul exists, multiple souls exist within vessels. So the soul has to exist. And in an AI world or a silicon-based life form, it could exist if you had multiple software in one vessel, but it would be a glitch and it wouldn't be right. You know what I mean? It would just be a glitch. It'd be like something in the corner of the fucking AI program or something. But in a human world where souls exist and stuff, all these things can be explained by understanding souls and you like you said experiencing different things it could be a glitch in a different way but the only way you know how to understand it is perception and the only way you, you know how to describe it is with basic 1980s 1990s computer terminology which is so fucking basic in the term of a timeless human that understands fractals and sacred geometry right you know what i mean <laughs> like it's probably something so much deeper than a silicon based life form or a sims life form like you'd want to grasp onto which i've grasped onto before you know i would hope that soul is so, real focus on soul <laughs> oh i i do I, I actually the one side i it's just for entertainment sakes shit i put about as much thought as into that as i do ancient aliens <laughs> but I'm on the other realm of that, to be honest with you, because I have I've yet to try DMT, but I would, oh. I would in a second. I would in a second, to be honest with you, because I've just spirituality alone the last few years has taken me down a weird path. You know, I'm real leaning if, you know, Buddhism right now is kind of. Hinduism, Buddhism, right now, genre, Tao, you know, uh, is where I'm, where I'm at. And so with that being said, if there was, if it was all AI and all that, I wouldn't have the extreme experiences of uh, love at certain points. You know what I mean? Through uh just interactions with people actually at one point you asked you know i actually did die at one point during a surgery for a few minutes and uh when i came through they were fucking like he's back and it was that whole weird experience why i was under was really fucking freaky and then days after that was I actually they gave me back every because I, I paid out of pocket for that surgery and they ended up not charging me nothing and refunding all my money oh what oh shit what was the surgery and I, mean, I don't want to pry on camera your medical records <laughs> that sounds intense have you talked about your near death uh, I actually yeah I have talked about it on air actually a few times Oh, but okay, it, okay. It, it was it was weird but this in particular time let me see if uh i can find the photos of it because i've just actually seen the photos uh 
So basically, how it came about was a glass injury uh, on my leg. And um, so it went on. I cut it once, and then I cut it again, and it kept seeping fluid, and it just it wouldn't close, wouldn't heal. It just leaked this weird clear fluid. So they tried multiple surgeries to to get it to close up. They sewed it shut a few times. The last time they call in this big wig, uh, plastic surgery, uh, plastic surgeon that was uh, from uh, MSU top line supposed to be. And uh, so they went in and I'm trying, still trying to find these pictures. But they went in and they ended up taking out a nice hunk of my leg, uh, my left leg. It was probably about a hunk, about that big. They, they knifed out and then they took a hunk of my skin and then swung it to like a C and uh, sewed her back. It was so tight that I couldn't even walk on it for months, like seven months. I couldn't even bend my, bend my ankle, to be honest with you. And it was during that surgery when they put me under, I 100% positive. It was the anesthesiologist that uh, did me in there on an overdose because uh, I got oh, no. sick, man. They soon as soon as I come through and they use the bathroom, it was one of the things. Okay, you can go, and I literally puked and puked and puked and was fucking sick for days after that. Hundred percent positive that's what happened was they gave me too strong of a dose and I redlined and actually able to bring me back but yeah during that process it was during that surgery that uh that I I checked out so do you have any weird. encounters anything you remember I I, I remember like seeing same shit as most people do not seeing anything like as far as my life goes but just kind of feeling that out-of-body experience and you know not feeling like i was no longer attached and then right before hearing the words he's back being kind of like sucked or pulled back back to whatever my eyes being opened it was weird it happened so instantaneous but it was just like yeah being pulled back all at once but it was it was a weird injury man that thing just never went back that right there out of this injury was the last step before they were actually talking about just fucking cutting that thing off at the knee because of the injury they couldn't just figure out what the fuck was going on they said we're cutting it out this time and they had actually went through and cut out the exterior of the wound at one time prior to that and they actually went through and took out a nice hump like i said everything they said it don't close up this time it keeps continuing to see if we're gonna have to take it off and i actually i'm covered in tattoos and my right leg was almost finished way before the left leg ever got tatted. 
And it, when it did get tatted, I, I was all above the knee because I thought for sure, man, one of these times, man, I'm gonna, it's meant to be. I'm going to lose that thing because I've actually chainsawed it a couple of times as well. And to add uh, injury to that leg, I was when I was young, I used to race motorcycles. And uh, I was out practicing, getting young, stupid, uh, when I would go out and practice by myself. As a young teenager, I fucking would go helmetless quite a bit. And again, something made me wear that helmet that in particular day. But uh, so I'm coming around. I hit the one corner, full blast out of the corner. And there's four jumps there. You're supposed to double jump them. I hit the first one, full throttle, look down. There's number two, kind of off. Oh, look down. There's number three. Fuck. Look down, I'm actually coming down on number four and end over end the bike. And the bike comes through. I actually broke the Belmoto three helmet off my head, two pieces rolls behind me. The bike comes down and it hits me, and the foot peg goes through that very same leg. <laughs> so I've had like multiple shots with that thing. And when they when they talk about good cutting time. It off, man, I I thought it, I thought I was done. Stuff. That's horrible. Glad you're fine. You don't have a peg leg, at least though. Peg legs would be cool. No. You could use it like like that lady in fucking what's that uh movie where she has a machine gun for the leg? Get a machine gun and shit. No, I don't know. Oh, Trying to look on the bright cool, side. <laughs> <laughs> that's good that you're good though. But uh Jesus Christ. So uh Jeez. Definitely some crazy adventures. There's definitely a few moments like that. I've definitely talked about uh, some encounters with some uh, mushrooms, uh, accidental hero dose that kind of set me on to the spiritual path, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, that, that incident's two years ago kind of changed my life in a lot of ways, man talk about a lot that I started seeing what I call what most people call angel numbers after that point I kind of got a, almost a, a download if you will of what the, the future was going to hold or what was going on you know it's to me it was weird so yeah you know I do think there's still a spiritual side of things that you know love is out there looking out for us guiding us and encouraging us to you know get together find that moment of peace and love that has been preached for all these years you know and raise a higher vibration to move on to you know another phase that i don't believe is ai but a better humanity in general i'm still hopeful i hope so i'm still hopeful it's not all all metallic and, um, <laughs> there's other elements there's other vibrations <laughs> that's all they are that's all the elements are it's just different vibrations so you know just gotta tune your radio into a different tune radio signal right that's right my friend that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but uh I probably should go soon, though. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm very this. surprised that I was able to get you for this long. And thank you, my friend, man. It's been another epic episode, you know, from what start to finish. I had enjoyed myself the last time you were on. And to be honest with you, when I seen your Instagram and what you were doing with the plants was just uh, a cheap excuse to get you back on because I was, I thought it was real cool, but you know, I enjoyed the conversation the last time. So, you know, no, it's man. been my pleasure. I appreciate that. It's good to be on. I appreciate it. I appreciate the talks, right? We have fun. Um, you know, I'll still play with this stuff. It looks like we did some crystal work. We did some fun stuff with it. I uh, I enjoyed tonight. Thanks for having me on, man. No worries. And uh, as I told you before, shit, it's been a long time. A lot of episodes since you've been on, man. This is 367. I can't remember for sure your episode, but it's been a minute. But you, things are the same. The, that Zoom number is, is the same Zoom number that I gave you then. It still applies. The only difference these days is it's no longer the rabbit hole changed it to the wormhole. It got to one of those things where it got to be like a you've seen it everywhere. The phrase was everywhere. And as the show progressed, as much as we do in life, the show kind of took that organics phase. And then it was kind of a coincidental fun story that I don't know. You'd have to I'd have to point you to that episode. Where a UK, you know, a friend in the UK that's part of the community. It all it all organically changed from the rabbit hole to the wormhole. Nonetheless, though, that Zoom number is still the same, regardless of the title. So anytime that you see a wormhole on, you check out the channel. It's the same thing. If you want to pop on, a lot of times we've had these conversations. You know, we've like I told you off air, we talked about you a couple times. <laughs> so you know what I mean? You pop it on and you see we're talking frequency or some of the other fun topics we've had tonight, man. Pop on, smoke with us, chime in, please. You know, I've got tons of respect for you. It'd be a, you know, a great night to get you back on, especially in a wormhole type episode when we're all kind of vibing on the subject. It all makes for you know, good, good conversation for sure. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I'll do this. I'll do that. So thanks again. One last thing, though. One last thing. And I'm sure you remember that as well. The sound bite. Ah! Oh, yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. What is your sound bite? What it, basically, what, what I'm looking for is something along the lines of, hello, this is Jake from Midnight Roots, and I'm on fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 367. You can put on whatever you want to put on there. Make it. That's all you want to say? That's all you want to say. But that's what I'm looking for. All right. You're gonna, you'll get a soundbite from me then, I guess. All right. Uh, you're on. Uh, <clears throat> uh, this is Jake from Midnight Roots. You're on Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 367. I'm happy. Happy you're here. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And one last thing before you go, can you go, of course, tell them the Instagrams, the website, 
how they can uh, find your product if they're looking for your product or the genetics, or if they just want to talk to you a little bit about all the rest of the stuff they've heard today. Uh, I do most of my stuff on Instagram, Instagram midnight.roots. Um, there's a couple of Instagram accounts that I have too, the Midnight Roots Genetics, Midnight Roots Edibles, um, you know, midnightroots.com is right. You can reach me there too. I, the, my genetics are available at a couple of different seed banks. You know, I, you can get them through the midnightroots.com. They're located there, but you know, seeds here now, genius seed company, vegans, beans, seed seller. Those are all Michigan place, you know, well, one's Oklahoma. Um, I'm doing midnight bars. I'm producing them on a choice labs right now. They're helping me out. Um, you can get those on LeafLink if you're a metric, you know, uh, licensed facility. Um, I'm doing John Carlos Magars, the 100% hemp leaf Magars. Those are johncarlos.com, johncarlosmagars.com. You know, those are also on metric too. So if you're a licensed facility, you're looking for actual 100% hemp leaf Magars, you know, please, please pick them up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, you can pretty much find me. Um, anywhere Midnight Roots is located. No. <laughs> so this is why I love Chad. And this is one of the reasons why you said the look, you love the community as well. They threw out an idea for an awesome soundbite. And they said this was the idea. Is, is there any way we can get the plants, the plant vibing with him you know, talking in the background with the soundbite, uh, basically. Uh, you want the plant to like. sound? Let's see. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah see if it's talking, if, you know, while the soundbite goes. Maybe even include We've been talking about. <laughs> there we go. I got it in this. Let's see. I got it on a... Let me turn the volume up. I have the volume down. It's late here. Oh, it's talking. Can you hear it? Can you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's making noise. All right. Uh, me and this bamboo plant, me and this bamboo plant here, we're on talking shit with Eagle, Midnight Roots, Stone Owl, bamboo plant. I hope you guys have a good night. That was a good sound. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good sound bite. That was a good idea. It Thank works. you. Thank you for playing along, man. They're uh they're speaking. <laughs> I gotta be quiet though. There's people sleeping here. <laughs> All right, I will uh, talk to you later, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, man. Have a good night and a great day, man. It's been my pleasure. <laughs> I'll see you guys. Take care. See you. Hope you, I know you guys have enjoyed this episode. I know I have. Thank you for tuning in and watching. Hopefully you go back and um, 
replay this episode and because huh? <laughs> it was fucking a good one. <laughs> so you guys know the routine. Let me uh, let me get up and use the restroom real quick and get something other than coffee to drink, and uh, we'll finish up the night in the wormhole. I'll see you guys in the few. You guys know the routine. If you don't transfer over, please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. I am a living, breathing episode of that. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. I am. Uh...